andiamo Hello and welcome to this, the 31st episode of the second season of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast. As always, I'm Sean Peterbuck and I'm joined by Fabian Guadagnolo. Buonasera ragazzi. Love it when you say it. And Tim Davis. Hello, Tim. Good afternoon, Sean. How the hell are you? Yeah, I'm pretty well. We're not calling you Coach Davis for another six months. You might actually be sacked, so we might not ever call you Coach Davis. We'll just again. call you Tim. Yeah, singlets. Or singlets. <laughs> it's singlets weather's coming up. I can't wait. We were actually on the Gold Coast last weekend. It was almost singlets weather up there. Oh, Jesus, would have almost... <laughs> Don't, don't even give that, me that mental image. <laughs> uh, before we get started, Fab, I've got something to ask you. Yes. You made your way to the uh, the Cineplex. Yes. During the week. Yes, with, with the wife. As all people of a certain age have done over the past week in particular to see, there's only one film, interesting people of a particular generation. Yep. Now, you didn't like it initially, and we were at loggerheads on the text. Yep. About your failure to understand context and perspective correct we 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 differ in the opinion that a movie has an obligation to inform its audience to a specific level not it doesn't have to spell everything out and dumb everything down but it has to give you some sort of context now i spoiler alert uh, do we want to spoil it i don't know how, how we're going to talk it's very about difficult it. once upon in time once upon a time in hollywood is very difficult to discuss without spoilers Understand? Well, um, I don't, but getcha. Yeah, it's a very tricky film to discuss without discussing. But I suppose oh, this, spe- this isn't going to give anything away. Anyone who's seen a preview or has read a little bit about it will know. I know nothing. That this is not what the movie is about. But there's an element that involves the Manson murders. Okay. Now I think they they there's a there's a pall deliberately that the Manson family hang over this film. Correct. Now, I know this much. Donuts about the Manson murders, about the events in Cello Drive and about Sharon Tate. I know nothing. And I would implore anyone who wants to go and watch this movie, just do some Wikipedia before you hit the cinema. You just, you just need it doesn't a, give away the movie. You need a bit of context. You, you need, need some context, which the film doesn't give you. But yep. the film, what the film does is it captures what I loved about it, having known the background of mm. who this woman was and her relationship with Polanski and what the Manson family were doing and how Charles Manson was involved and how his um, lieutenant Tex, how he was involved in all that kind of stuff. See, I didn't know... You didn't know Tex was a real person. No, I thought it was a character. He questioned why one of the best scenes in the movie is in the movie. Which makes sense once you know yeah. a bit more context around. But it's it's the Manson murders, they're real-life events. It's yeah. not spoiling anything. So read them, look it up. Well, it's more of what Tarantino's been doing of late, which is that historical fiction, which is mm. taking a real event like World War Two and the Nazis and all that kind of stuff and then sort of just injecting a bit of fiction into it yeah. with regard to you've got these two fictitious characters, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, and how they intersect with the Manson family, how they intersect yeah. with the events of... So it's a bit like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Very similar. I think they will <laughs> so the, sit double bill. The movie for, the movie for me needed a second watch. Because I don't like... I don't shit can something and go, it's crap. I just said to Sean, I came out... It was a bit long. It's all about the length, though. It's about... The film is about the all vibe. About the film's about... It's a vibe. The film's an atmosphere. It's a feeling. Marbo, Peter North. No, it is. It's a... Oh, no. <laughs> Rocco. But the film is... It's about a like a... Um, a tone and about a, like a, a vibe that you get watching it where it's a setting up the world and like the world it looks that, amazing 
I just loved all the little bits and pieces. Like, I sort of, I not get frustrated. I, I try not to respond. But when you're reading stuff on Twitter and people are complaining about it being too long and this, that, and the other, mate, I, I loved stuff like Brad Pitt just driving around. No, no, visually I it was it. good. I just think some scenes. Some scenes drag a little bit. Like and they what? can Which in Tarantino sense? movies. Which but, but all of them. But you know what he does? He makes films that are like sketches. He's got like half a dozen sketches mm. that are intertwined, some sometimes loosely, sometimes not. But they they jump around and he plays with time and all that kind of stuff. Like I just thought that the construction of it and, and for me, like I think I said it to you, anyone who likes Entourage this is like a very serious look behind the curtain. Entourage about, is 20 minutes an episode. But this, about this the industry. So if you liked all the behind the scenes stuff there, this is that taken to the next level. If this movie is the average movie length, which is what? But then it doesn't work. Oh, it, it could. Nah. Sometimes nah. things get wordy and lengthy. But it doesn't work. Because all the, everything has a payoff. That awesome scene at the ranch with Brad Pitt, it's all about the tension of the payoff. So I didn't get the tension. I just got annoyed. But didn't you feel like once again? Try not to give anything away. But didn't you feel like the whole setup of the scene is how much do you believe? So he's getting told stuff like, "Oh, he's doing this. Oh, he's doing that." And, and we, like Brad Pitt, are like, "Yeah, sure he is. Yeah, sure thing." You need a bit, and that's the tension of like. To, uh, going, yeah, I understand oh. what you're saying. Well, I reckon it was just a bit too much. There's things where everything's a little bit too, a little bit too long, but. I on on it. second watch, on second watch. And I cannot wait. It's moved from number nine on the list <clears throat> of Tarantino movies. Do you count Death Proof? Death Proof is a Tarantino movie, absolutely. <laughs> it's sitting at a solid number five. What do you got ahead of it? I've got Pulp. <clears throat> I've got... Hold on, what do I have ahead of it? I had Pulp, Kill Bill... Inglorious and Django. Mm. See, I can't wait. There's a rumored four-hour cut coming to like a streaming service. I, I mentioned that to Kel, which will she, be broken. And, but the, apparently, the idea is at this stage it'll be like one-hour episodes. Yep. That are, maybe he plays with the timeline again and recuts it a bit. But it'll be like I just I would love to see more of the stuff of him making Lancer. Sorry, did I say Kill Bill. Yeah. So Reservoir Dogs. I don't know why I put Kill Bill in there. Me and people talked about this the other day. Kill Bill's at eight for me. Yeah, I didn't. I liked it, but mm. yeah, but this to me, I said, I just love the, I love the atmosphere of it. I love the sitting in there and, and watching. For me, like one of the best scenes in a Tarantino film ever is when Leo does the scene with the girl. Because once again, it's about the payoff. You're talking. Okay, you're talking about when he does the the scene, scene when, oh, for yeah. for the show. Yeah, when he actually does the scene and you get to see him act. Yeah, because it's the payoff. It's the payoff like, to my favorite scene in the whole movie was the scene before that. When he and the girl are, he's talking about the book. Nah, in, well after that. And oh, the, when he's with oh, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's going blind. Just the way that, but even the way it visually looks was yeah. was cool. But. The only thing I maybe didn't like about certain aspects is I would have loved for them to have shown us all the old show. Like when he had the, it was awesome when he they showed you his um, his stint on FBI. All those flat, like all the flashbacks into the movies and TV shows yeah. that it was on. Loved all that. You know what, the only thing I will say is I would have loved for them to be in a different aspect, like screen within the screen and, and a different like grading so they looked like an old show. They yeah. were probably a bit clean. Yeah. I don't know if the part of me was sitting there going, would it have been cool to have seen it presented as if it was 
a show on TV in the 60s yep. with the 4-3 aspect and all that stuff. But I, I love that. If you haven't seen it, if you love Tarantino, see it because it's just an event. And no one, you know what I love? No one, for me, it was a commentary on cinema. No one makes films like this anymore. No one makes a two-and-a-half-hour mm. wordy, not a lot of set pieces. There's no like. I don't ha- mind. I don't mind a bit of length, but um, I don't. I don't mind lengthy movies. I just thought this could have been edited. A tad. But it loses everything. It, it is better that. on the second on the second watch if you know. Needs the runtime to breathe. It needs to. Breathe. That's what, no one makes film like Nolan does. Nolan makes films that that take their time and are paced and all that. But this idea that very few filmmakers are working today whose names are above the title of the movie. There are very few actors these days who names are above the title of the movie. And this is one of those got Tarantino, DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and a whole heap of cameos that if you like cinema and like movies, some are very, very obvious. And there are some that are a little bit more, oh, yeah, there's Nicholas Hammond or, oh, there's uh, um, the girl who was the costume designer is Tarantino's costume designer. And you're going, oh, yeah, okay. It's a bit of fun. It's that world within the world, movie within the movie sort of meta. Did you like how the stunt people were the... uh it's kind of a, the death proof. Yeah, no, and, and but she, like, on, and, do you know what I mean? And that's was, the jokes within the jokes, and yeah. the movies within the. And movies. if you're not Tarantino film fans, you kind of miss those. You lose little, a bit of that, like you know. And yeah. once again, an obvious one: Michael Madsen has his cameo at the start, and it's it's just good fun. And like films used to be like that, where you'd put them on and go, "Oh, that's such and such from that." Oh, he was in this, or he was in that. So, like I said, they don't make them like they used to. And this is a film I think that um, heavily plays to that. And it's you just need good to fun. watch it. You need to watch it, form your own opinion. But you know, it's an event. Educate yourself. Before you hit the cinema, yeah, I agree. Not you, everyone's going to do what I did and give it another watch. I do agree. If you if you know enough about the Manson family and, and the the night of August 9, 1969, and you have that context, you'll be fine. Yeah. If you don't and you haven't seen it, definitely just do a bit of a brush up, check it out. Like I literally knew nothing. Yeah. Like I know who Charles Manson is, but that's a bet. That's it. It. Like I, I knew who Roman Polanski was, yeah. but I didn't know any other mm. any other. Yeah, link. But okay. Uh, what are you giving it in during our if we our football stolen from Marco and the Ox, our football score system? Three goals, four. Three goals, four. I'm going to give it four goals, five. Wow. Loved it. Okay. Loved it. Timbo is with us. Hello, Tim. Um, <laughs> we're going to we're going to go now into. I've not seen this movie. <laughs> we're the gonna movie go, podcast. We're going to go. We should have done a spoiler review to you and I, Fab. Really nutted down into it. Um, we're going to do shout-outs now. Fab, you're going to lead us off. Who have you got for us? Controversial. This is why I want to kick it off. He came to us before the show and said, and I'm I going said, let first. me go first because I don't want you nuffies ruining this because I think it might incense both of you. My shout-out is to Jofra Archer. I think... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I just think... He's lit it up. He's lit it up. Now, yeah, everyone's going to... Oh, yeah, he's... he's He's brought some spice into the series and yada, yada, yada. I'm now looking forward to, A, how we respond. It was like when Mitchell Johnson was doing it to them. Because the Australian cricket team have been castrated ever since Sandpapergate. Right? We've lost... Well, you know, people know what a castration is. Yeah, it's enough. So, so, Just ask Steel Sidebottom. Shout out. So I was going to say... Um, <laughs> impromptu shout-out to Steel Sidebottom. Who else um, ruptured their testicle earlier this year? Uh, um, Thompson. Scotty Thompson. Scotty Thompson, Thompson when he took that big hanger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was at Princess Park when Soss ruptured his testicle against the Hawks. <laughs> this is getting uncomfortable, this conversation. Soss's first 25 minutes of that game were electrifying. And then he ran into the goalpost and ruptured his nut. Well, shout out to Andy Buck. Shout out to Andy Buck. I ruptured his nut in uh, 
<laughs> game of indoor soccer in. Uh, if anyone has had their nut ruptured, you know, reach shout out, out to us on, on Twitter and we'll give you a shout out. But no, I, I like that shout out. Yeah, no, and I'll, the fight to see who bowls to him. Oh, yeah. So Archer comes to the crease to face his foot. I want to see the Australian fast bowlers go, I want this prick. I want that ball. I've been warming up. Retribution. The I, I want, I've been warming up on the boundary for ten minutes. You know what I like, and this kind of leads into my shout out. Is I agree. I like the attitude. I like that when Mitchell Johnson was at his best, and we saw a couple of series against England, South Africa, etc. When he was at his best, every delivery was box office, and you found yourself going, "I need every delivery. I need to watch this guy because something's going to happen. Someone's going to get hurt. Wicket's going to be taken." And Archer was very much like that. My first shout out is to a man who came to the crease in enviable. Unenviable circumstances. Manus Labuschain came to the crease to replace his captain, who had been pretty much knocked out the day before. Or pretty much was knocked out, yeah. <laughs> came to the crease. Not only did he dig in and make a match saving 59, but the the manner in which he did it, clearly un- not under instruction. I don't want to make it sound like Justin Langer was ringing people you know, around the neck, but the way he stood up to the crowd, to the English, to the bowler, he got hit in the face second ball. Up on his feet, nah, not rattled, let's go. Not worried, not frightened. And it was a great, it was a fantastic statement by a young guy who's under a bit of pressure to make, you know, retain his spot. How many tests had he played before? Oh, a handful, not even. Probably not even, two or three. Yeah, and yeah. he came in at a really tricky time for us and, and stood up to the barrage and just said, let's let's go, let's keep just going. Just disappointed that that test was cut short a day. Oh, absolutely. And that wasn't... Allowed well, to manifest into something that could have... It's tricky, though, because in the end, you're not that far from a result, even having lost the day. And I think that's probably the beauty of it all. With yeah. all with all the cricket lost, it was still balanced on a knife edge. So You're but talking no, into a microphone? Oh, <laughs> but no, shout out to Manus. Who oh, you got for into us? Into a banana. <laughs> <laughs> who you got for us, Timber? Uh, look, I've got a little bit left of centre, um, and I've probably said it before, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. My shout out this week is Mitch Wishnowski. Now, you might ask, Tim, who's Mitch Wishnowski? Tim, why do NFL commentators celebrate mundane things? Well, no, it's not that it's mundane. It's Guy makes a catch. Whoa! Well, I, Caught I, the ball. I think what they're, they're very used to what their game is, yeah. and people have a role, and you do this, and you do that, and you, do not, you don't move outside of the boundaries of what that stereotype says. So Mitch Wishnowski was a fourth-round draft pick for the 49ers, and taking a punter Out of as Utah. a fourth-rounder is is rare. But they've turned around and said, this guy is a difference-maker. from a, And, and NFL is a you know, ground-position-based game, so his job is to be able to put the ball into a more uh, challenging position for the opposition. It's to all about taking territory, Timbo. It's all about territory. In this instance, he took the kickoff after Full hearts, the 49ers eyes. had scored. So is he a specialist kicker? And also a punter, or is he a specialist punter and also a kicker? No, he's a punter who can take the kickoff. So he's just got he's got. He's a taking the kicks kickoff in this instance. He was so he's not the kicker for goal because that's Robbie Gold, but he's had How issues. How does Robbie with, feel about that? Well, he's had issues with injury, and so I think they've sort of said let let old mate Mitch have a crack at the kickoffs. But the one thing that Wishnowski has done is he played a little bit of junior Aussie rules footy over in Perth. Um, Colts, maybe Colts, maybe Waffle Colts. Um, and the punter normally, when he kicks off, he stays back and he's the final defender. And if you 
whatever it works out to be, what is it, 11 on the field? Mm -hmm. If the other 10 players can't make a play on the guy who's trying to return the ball, your last bastion is maybe the punter can get a body on them. And once upon a time... It's not even a body, it's generally an ankle tap. Yeah, and Darren Bennett once laid a big hip and shoulder on a bloke. Sav hit someone. And Sav hit somebody. This guy has... Second time Sav tried to do it, was blindsided and got absolutely cannoned he, he by, pancake, did he? by somebody else. Yeah, so. okay. Well, in this that. one, Mitch, Mitch Wishnowski has followed the ball down and ended up making a tackle inside of the 25-yard line, which is unheard of. Devontae Jackson? Was it was it Vontae Jackson? Devontae Jackson from well, Denver. There, yeah. there you go. There's a trivia question for you. But he's late, and it was a really big, strong oh. physical tackle. Yeah. Uh, he didn't hurt him or anything else. Like, the guy got straight back up, and it's it's the tackle that you expect from a safety or a linebacker any day the of the week. The tackle isn't anything out of the ordinary. It's who, did, who it's, made it's the a, It was a nice tackle, but it was who made it, how he made it, and, and literally it's his second game of professional football, and it's still a practice match. And the whole bench, when he's made it, has gone. They knew exactly what he'd done, and they went over. They got around him and, and every single supporter that has gone, why the hell did we waste a fourth round draft picking up punter? They've gone... He can tackle as well. Okay, I'm on board. This bloke can make a difference. I'm picking up a bit of a theme. The 49ers fans, this is how bleak their recent history has been. That pre-season Aussie highlights have become a running theme. You sound like opposition supporters talking about Carlton supporters when we hang on to any positive we can find. When it's there, it's just there. How is Jared Hayne going? Yeah, no good. <laughs> uh, my last shout-out is to uh, a favourite of yours and mine, Fab. Ooh. Class of 92 documentary series. Yep. Uh, the new series debuted uh, on Sky Sports On Demand. I think it was last week. I actually I got my dates mixed up. I only came across it this week. But effectively, uh, it's following... Um, Salford City, which is owned uh, by the Class of 92, Manchester United former players, and Peter Lim, a businessman. Um, And this is the fourth season, basically just charting year-to-year their trials and travails trying to reach the Football League, which they did at the end of last season. They're now in League 2. So when they bought them, I think they were in like the seventh or eighth tier of English football. And basically, the the, um, Gary Neville, Giggs, Phil Neville... Now, Nicky Button, and Paul Scholes have just used their standing and obviously Neville's contacts at Sky uh, to produce a series of seasonal documentaries that follow them and uh, and how they've gone. And this is just the most recent... And all their promotions. And all their promotions. And this is just the most recent one. And it's just a really good little snapshot of A, non-league football, and then B, the aspirations of this club that are coming with a bullet for, like, not necessarily the Premier League, that is the goal, but... Now they're in League Two, which is the fourth tier. If they can steadily win promotion over the next four or five years and get to the championship, this is phenomenal. Mm. Like, yes, they've got an enormous budget and resources that are far and away beyond the levels they've been competing in, but it's a really good little snapshot of this project that's going to take 15 years. And it's a bit like a seven-up type thing that it'll be interesting to, if they were to ever one day reach the Premier League, they're... It's been documented from day dot when they walked into the club, how they've gone about it, their rise through the ranks. And, and you've seen, obviously, I gave you the newest season tonight. You've seen the other three. Yep. What uh, was your highlight of season one, Sean? I don't know. What was it? Was it Jordan Connaughton's four goals for Kindle Town? No. Big Gareth Seddon, man. Seds. Shout out to my mate, Jordan, who we are talking about this. He featured in the documentary. We are talking about the documentary. Briefly. We are at a party. And I said, oh, yeah. He's a United fan as well. We were talking about this Class of 92 documentary. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I said, what do you mean? I'm in it. He goes, oh, I'm in season one. I was playing for Kendall Town at the time. Turn it on. Lazy four. 
So it wasn't a great standard at that time, in fairness. But uh, for anyone who likes sort of sports docos, there's enough. If you've never seen it, there's enough to catch up on now to sort of make it worth your while. There's probably eight or nine hours worth of show that chart their their rise at the moment. And, yep. Uh, particularly, and, if you're and what division are they in at the moment? The fourth tier. They're in League Two. Yeah. Okay. So that season's just started. Um, so I fully anticipate that Sky Sports will be capturing that, and it'll come out on the eve of next season to sort of chart how they've gone in their first season in the Football League. But They're on uh, the uh, on B in Sports a couple of weeks yeah. ago, week one. Playing, and they'll, and like, and, and this playing is out of the Peninsula, Peninsula Stadium? Yes, and they've, like, they've rebuilt the stadium, they've opened up new change, like they've completely transformed the club from top to bottom. Yeah. It's like it's it's an undertaking from literally being nothing like being a pub team yep. to their ambition is to play in the Premier League. So they're a serious professional so team. Ser- and now they're full-time professionals and, and the like. And it's, as I said, like it's not necessarily 30 for 30 standard, but it's it's a good watch. Yeah. So check it out if you Excellent. haven't. Beautiful. I'm going to go now into uh, question time. Fab Fab had some misgivings about this segment. He expressed them to me before the show. He's not sure where it's going. He's not sure where it's at. But with that, he leads us off. He's got the new ball, Fab. All right. My question's for you. I thought I was giving you a question. Oh, then I'm not kicking it off. No, 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 I'm, oh, you're kicking, yeah, you're kicking it off with a question answered, oh. not asked. Okay. You ready? Okay. Okay. What's your question? So, in light of the EPLs, obviously two games down, transfer ban or not, does Frank Lampard see out the season? That's a, fun, that's a great question, Sean. It is, isn't it? Couldn't have written it better myself. Now, I did a bit of ad-libbing, but it was um, there or thereabouts. Look, this is tough because all the media commentary around this is Frank's a Chelsea, you know, he's, he's adored by all the fans. They're all wrapped to have him back. He's going to be given extra time because of the transfer ban. You know, given the way they've started the season. So everyone is assuming that he's going to be given all this love. I think people are forgetting that Roman Abramovich is the owner of this club. That only goes so far. And, and I think he will get concessions by way of, Frank, you don't need to win the Premier League, which is what every other manager had to do. Frank, you don't have to win the Premier League. But if they miss the top six, shit, if they miss the top four, or they're out of contention for the top four. With Too early, yeah. He's gone. They are, they're actually playing not a bad brand and style of football. Like, it's easy on the it's eye. A, I think it's a naive brand of it, football. No, it is. It's, it's easy on the eye, and it's good to watch, and it's open, and it promotes attacking. But, no, you hit the nail on the head. I don't know how many points it's going to win. Mm. Well, they haven't started well. I just look at him and like even on the weekend they play oh, Leicester. They They've had the hardest fixture of any Premier League side so far. Mm. United away, Leicester at home. Yeah, it's tough. Right? You have a look at what City and like City. Yeah, they played one hard game, but the other game was pretty easy. Liverpool have had two easy games. United had to play Chelsea, but at least we had them at home. Yeah. So yep. United have had a hard start, but not as hard as Chelsea. So they have had a very hard start. They they play like yeah they play play a style that. It's really fun to watch, but I just don't think it's sustainable. Mm. Leicester, and like us, you see off Chelsea's first 20 minutes, and against Leicester they did score admittedly. It was an error from Leicester. But you see off their first 20 minutes, and they die in the ass. Yeah, But but every team can grow, and and that that's obviously what you got the, they can, the opportunity they, to be what, able to see. What, I mean, what Fab's alluding to here is I just don't think they've got the quality yeah. to execute the style of game that Lamps wants them to and I admire the fact that he's trying I just don't think it's going to end well have they got a Champions League spot they do they do by virtue of the Europa League win 
Okay. Someone, at, this sounds funny, Jose would be better off coaching this Chelsea side. Their backs to the wall, Chelsea side. They just don't have any quality. Let's park. Yeah, but he could rally them. Let's park the bus. Let's hit him on the counter. Mm. Frank's wanting to play with a new Chelsea. And I think he's going to be early. He's tr- no, no, he's, he's Whistle's tr- gone. He's trying to do the Andre Vyash Boash changing of the guard. Yeah. Tim's winding us up. He is winding us. Wow, Timbo's He's, he's going to talk up. European athletics. It's funny that you say that. My, my question, Fabian, is to Sean. Oh, no. Sean, in light of the Marcus Bontempelli situation, did the AFL did the AFL fail Liam Jones? I think he, I think they did. I think that they did to the extent that I'm not I'm not you know I'm not, I'm not making about Bontempelli should have been suspended or they didn't wait for the medical report or the like. It's it's, it's a separate part of this discussion. But a week ago, two weeks ago, Liam Jones suffers a displaced larynx, and the football world is none the wiser as to how or when it occurred in the game. And I look at that and think, are the AFL actually investigating incidents that occur or do they just grade what the broadcasters bring to their attention? Back in the day, a trial by video, the idea was you're not going to get away with it because we're going to trawl through things. And I'm not saying that he was sniped behind the ball or something terribly untoward happened. It may have been an accident. But to have a guy's season ended and to suffer what is, what, a three or four week injury more? Well, he's going to miss finals, most likely. Liam Jones. Well, no, no, um, Nick Haynes. Nick Haynes. But I mean, yes, Liam Jones is going to miss finals. It's a four or five week injury, perhaps even more. Yeah. And you sit there and go, if it was an accidental elbow or whatever, fair enough. Yep. But to not even have the incident scrutinised, not yeah. even to say, what I would love them to do is to investigate it, find the incident to the best of their knowledge, yep. corroborate with obviously Carlton's medical team and the like to when it occurred, Liam Jones to when it occurred. And like grade it in a little bit like an F1 incident, and Fabian, you're probably more aware of this. If something happens during a Formula One race and the stewards investigate it, there's no case to answer. They basically say as much. Incident involving cars 3 and 10 assessed um, as a driving incident or the like. But at least to say uh, it occurred at, it. at the 15-minute mark yep. of the second quarter between player Liam Jones and yep. player B, yep. um, incident was assessed as accidental, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And just at least say we're, we're accountable for an injury sustained, a serious injury, it's been sustained on the field. Like, I just think it's laziness, and yeah. it typifies the AFL at the moment. It just feels like, no, no, don't worry about it. Move it on, move it on, move it on. And and, and the bond bump, it, it seemed like it was within play. It seemed fair yeah, and, and I'm not. It's probably slipped ever so slightly high to be able to make the contact yeah. where it did. And I'm not for but one second. it wasn't second. an elbow or anything like that. So it, it was just one of those things. So... I'm buzzing myself. And I'm, look, I'm not for one second saying Bont should get weeks or this, yep. that, the other, and talking about the medical report issue and the like. I'm just saying in the Liam Jones case... There's a bit of due diligence that's uh, not guy's, been done. A guy's going to, if it was in round one, would miss a chunk of the year. Yeah. And we sort of don't know how or why it happened. If nothing happened, fair enough, but at least look into it and figure it out. Understand it. Uh, question now, I believe, is from me to you, Timbo. Let's go. <sighs> I'm a big one on this one. Excuse me. Sorry. Do the circumstances around Manus Labouchain's dismissal on the weekend satisfy you as a cricket fan? Not remotely. And and that's not as an Australian supporter or an Australian supporter in a position where we potentially could have won or even an Australian supporter for a young cricketer that's really stood up and had the opportunity to potentially get on the Lord's honour board as a concussion replacement. And really, he was playing. The, he was playing the innings of his life. He was, um, and all of that aside, I, what frustrates me the most is 
when a bloke goes out LBW and it goes to the third umpire, it's been a hard decision on field. If an umpire on the field isn't sure that a bloke has caught it and you can have a guy saying, I, I think I've caught it, you don't have to say, well, you're out until proven otherwise. Mm. I think you just need to undertake the review and say, are we comfortable with a bloke losing his wicket if are you it's just not clear? Are you comfortable in that instance that there's a soft signal at all? I don't think there should well, be. I, I think it just needs to be an umpire, two umpires on the field send it to the third umpire and said, and said you we're not it. prepared to make a decision until you've reviewed it and you're comfortable that the, the you, catch has been you, taken. You touched on it, and I, I agree completely. I think they need to have the whole innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. well, I, needs I, I, to be the mantra. Well, and, and as we sort of say, when a decision is made on the field with an LBW, whatever the on-field decision is, is what takes precedence. I think with a catch, you just have to say... Um, the old school, the batsman gets the benefit of the doubt. We're reviewing it because we're actually yep. not sure. Yep. Um, and in this case, the disappointing thing for me is, and I'm not potting Joe Root for potting Joe Root's sake, but uh, there was something that didn't sit well with me as the captain of his team. He saw the same replay everyone else saw, and it reeked to me of desperation. It reeked to me of unsport. Like, I don't know how anyone could watch that and go, yeah, you're out, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Surely part of him would have sat there and gone... And look, what you know what would have been an awesome... I keep I talk about this occasionally. You know what would have been an awesome moment? If the captain of England in that moment... I spoke about it at the end of the World Cup final. But if the captain of England had gone to the umpire, look, I'll withdraw the appeal. I, I, I'm not comfortable with I'm not that. comfortable with that. I can't... Uh, what's the... Um, Crash Craddock made the comment that for it to be a catch, it could not or cannot have taken a blade of grass. Yep. And it was... As I said on Twitter, there was more grass in that than a Jimi Hendrix concert. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. No, not like that, Timbo. Good stuff. Uh, who else? Who, who we got? You got Fab? Uh, I've got a question for you, Short. Excellent. Has the AFL lost the trust of its fans? Quick one, Fab, for me. Unfortunately, yeah. If, if they're a government, are they getting re-elected? Probably not. They have... This has been an awful year for Gill and his administration. It's been dreadful. From waging war with their fans, embarrassingly, really, making their fans scapegoats, making their fans... Appear to be villains policing them, as if we're in sort of a Stalinist state. To the issue we've had just just over the last couple of days with Jaden Stevenson, it's just more and more examples of mismanagement of policy on the run, of lazy governance, arrogant governance, failure to admit you're wrong. Is it incompetence? How on earth? Oh, to be honest, people are using the word loophole with Stevenson. It's not. Whoever's approved it has just ballsed up. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just balls up. No, plain and simple. In no way, Jared Waitley's been fantastic on this topic with regard to... Hasn't, in, he, hasn't he turned on Jared? He loves him <laughs> now, doesn't he? But he when when Sean board. was on the bike, when Sean was on the bike... I was spending a lot of time with Jared. In, Jesus, in the, the relationship every with other was incident, horrible. If I was to strike Fabian, I am suspended from every level of AFL, VFL football I am registered to play in. Correct. VFL, AFL. Correct. How on earth he is allowed to play... The day it's, it does it beggars belief. There's no possible explanation. There's no sensibility behind it whatsoever. And there, rather than sit there, someone's just made a blue, and rather than it be caught before it gets released, caught before they approve it, they're now backtracking to cover up their mistake. And unfortunately, it just happens far too often. Well, what upsets me the most is up until what four weeks ago. We didn't even know who was going to be playing on the Friday night. Spot on. Now they've turned around. They said, "Let's play Collingwood on a Friday night." Oh, and per chance you're now available to play on the Saturday. And you someone, sit there and you're going, well, if you'd put them on the Sunday, yeah. 
the kid aren't playing. Someone so made how, a, how can that be well, someone a made a great, a great point where they said perhaps that we shouldn't have to do this, but should suspensions be rendered in terms of a date? You shouldn't no, have to. You shouldn't no, have to. You shouldn't. Because the AFL should have had enough sense to go, no, nah, mate, you're suspended for 10 weeks. It's 10 rounds. This is the last of those 10. So you can't play. Yep. They've made a blue. And it just, as I said, you know, they sit in their ivory towers at Docklands. But every no other bloke No transparency, no integrity. Every other bloke that gets suspended on a Friday night and gets two weeks, if in two weeks' time they're playing on a Saturday, say, they're going to turn around and say, well, with the Jaden precedence, yep. am I good to go? It's it's not it's not good enough, and it's it's look it's disappointing that ultimately they're just so fortunate that their product is so ingrained in the Australian sports psyche that they actually don't have to be best in show because they've got so much ingrained support, so much loyalty. Yeah. They don't have anyone to compete with them for our eyeballs, for our passion for the game, so they can mismanage it into the ground. I said it before with my last comment on this: whoever replaces Gill, and I would not be at all surprised if it's before the end of the year. Whoever replaces Gill, Oregon's got the easiest gig in world sport. Totally. Well, can I? I'll just ask you one question. Another question. Excellent. Well, no, no. Just, uh, just following on, and it's just something that occurred to me. Um, if, <laughs> if there was an AFL Super League, that there were some power brokers mm-hmm. in the background, like World Series football. Yeah, that had been peddling, um, you know, the opportunity to be able to come out and and make a grandiose statement on Australian rules football and throw in an opportunity to be able to provide an alternate league right now, and they announced it tomorrow, Gill and his mates would have awful trouble hanging on to people because a lot of people would happily walk away and say, I'm, I'm ready for the next iteration of Australian rules football. And we'll do our own deals. Yeah. Set like, last comment on this. The Formula One had an opportunity to do that. I can't remember the year. It was several years ago now where the teams basically signed what's called a Concord Agreement that they're all going to compete until X day, and like a collective bargaining agreement, they renegotiate it, whatever. They had an opportunity quite a few years ago now to splinter from the F1 umbrella and create their own kind of Super League, and the idea would be to get away from the overbearing restrictions, to get away from cost restrictions, testing restrictions, to get away from everything that's shackling the sport from being the pinnacle of the class and start afresh. And they just probably didn't have the balls to do it. They probably didn't have the bravery to back themselves. And was that an Eccleston issue? You know, to Eccleston get away from that, yeah. yeah. And basically to say, we want more money, A. We want a better product, B. We think we can get it without you. And that if they had had the balls to do it, you know what we could have had? We could have had a competition whereby the best five or six teams, so you would have had McLaren, Mercedes, Red Bull, I think Williams were mooted, Ferrari, obviously, Am I forgetting one of the, the other big ones? Like Renault, possibly. Arrows. Arrows, Minardi. But like <laughs> Force the, India. the big five or six yeah. manufacturers would have splintered off and had three cars each. Yeah, whistle low 15 minutes ago. But, yeah, but, but what a competition that would have been to sit there and go, we're going to have 15 to 18 cars on the grid. And what would the engines have sounded like? Well, they would have been, once again, this was they could have been V10s. They could have been, it could have been open slather. It could have been chuck whatever engine you want. Whatever you think's the quickest, whatever you think's the most reliable. Whatever, go your hardest. Go your hardest. And it would have been like a throwback. It would have been brilliant. Uh, excellent. Thank you very much for that. We're going to move on now to Carlton following the weekend's result. Just one week to go for the Blues. We'll do a, a bit of a recap of what happened last week and then a bit of a recap of the year in general. We've got a couple of topics to cover <coughs> off and a couple of um, nominees for each of those topics. Uh, first things first, look, what I loved out of the weekend was just the metal of the group. We get more out of a group with less weapons, Being, I don't want to be dismissive, but a weaker team than we had at the start of the year, and we're getting more out of them. And for me, 
we're just playing balanced team first football in which everyone's contributing and I think that at the heart of that is Teague spoke about it two or three weeks ago the language around it I spoke about it on pod a couple of weeks ago we're no longer hoping to perform we're no longer oh, look we're going to give it a really good crack the expectation is we're in it you're in it if you're picked we demand you do your job yep. no excuses everyone plays their role was it ever was it uh you've seen Starship Troopers fab no uh, Michael Ironside Rorschach said I've only got uh, was it one rule or two rules I've never seen it. Everybody fights, no one quits. Like it. You see, you go, we don't, no excuses. You get out there, you do your role. That's how it should be at every club. Sorry. It's just, that's. Just, that's but we didn't have that for sport. so long, did we? No. And you kind of start to accept it. We, that's spot on. You seem happy with a good effort. Yeah. Got a question for you, Timbo. Oh, shit. Okay, let's go. You mentioned a couple of weeks ago Andrew Russell um, was going to be a really key figure and obviously is at the moment, but moving forward. Um, and, and something that you put on our desk, which I really, really liked, was this idea that he was preparing us for like a quasi-final series. Yep. The last month was where we're prepping as if we're playing September, a bit of a dress rehearsal for how would we prepare. How big is, has his role in the second half of the season been in our good form? Well, it, it can't be... Um, it can't just be sheer luck that we've ended up finishing the season as full of running as we have. I, I think across the board with, as you sort of said, a, a few men down, the group as a whole has seemed to be really competing from a running and physicality perspective um, better than we've probably seen in the last three or four years. You know, we, we played our final game of the year last year against Adelaide and got beaten by 17 goals. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd given up physically, we were cooked. We're sprint, we've we've said it a couple of times. We're we're seriously sprinting to the line, and we it, want and, another month. Oh, wouldn't it be great? Like, Teague said as much, didn't he? We yeah. want another six weeks. Oh, it's just you could keep on. I think they even interviewed Harry Mackay on the ground, and yeah. he said the same sort of thing. You know, we, we we'd love to keep on playing. And how different so, is that? Like not just from last year, but years gone by in general. Oh, a young team has battled to get through to the season. I mean, you know, it, watching Sam Walsh and, you know, every game's a little bit different. He, he sort of looks maybe the last two weeks, he's he, he sort of maybe just tipped over the edge a little bit, but he's still getting possessions in the teens and flirting with 20, but not quite, which would be perfectly fine if you were Sydney Stack. But <laughs> when you're Sam Walsh, it probably comes into question. Um, Whack. But, but, but obviously... The the key, you know, the, the exhibit A when it comes to the influence that Andrew Russell has had is the renaissance of Mitch McGovern and, and the athlete that has been presented for the last fortnight and the difference in the way that he's been able to go about his football and the effort and the impact that he's had. You just sit there and you're going, I can't get enough of you. He and Harry, I think we saw on the weekend for the first time in, in a long time, we, we've all hoped that that, that trio is going to click. And for the first time, it sounds funny to say this without Charlie out there, but for the first time in a long time, I was more confident than hopeful that that three is absolutely going to work. It's going to be unbelievable. And you sit there I and you go, Harry up the ground. Fab is a bit of a, you're not quite on the same page with me as this. I like Harry up the ground and Charlie deeper because I reckon Charlie worries with his size. And he's, he's probably more creative mm. than what Harry Mackay is. Creativity from a one-on-one -on -one perspective um, More stand and deliver, sort of yeah. wrestle with you. And, and Harry, the one thing I love about Harry, and, and he's still so very, very raw and cultish, is his his need and want and preparedness to be able to move the ball fast and attack and go the long kick on a forty five to open up the corridor and open up the game. Um, he'll make mistakes doing that, but 
yeah, and the shame is at times the way that Harry McKay wants to attack, you want Harry McKay marking in on the end of it, as, end of it. as well. So wouldn't it be a good thing if you had both players? Would you really recruit the brother? No, I'm saying like but Charlie and Harry. But you don't. We've got, rec- but we've got them both, but mate. You don't recruit tall. Who's to say, Charlie? You go deep, Harry. Move up the ground. You don't recruit tools, though, Fabian. No, no, no. I don't recruit bean poles. All right? I don't recruit kids who are built like Ace Cordy who then go on to be Ace Cordy. <laughs> right? So, I don't, you're not, so you're putting a line through Zane Cordy? Not everyone. Zane Cordy's a premiership player. He fucking is. <laughs> it's mortifying. Has um, been king. No, no. But. Not every tall, skinny boy is going to be able to put on muscle. Agreed. Agreed. We're going to go quickly through a couple of names for you, just a really quick summation of how you went on the weekend. These were some standouts for me. Feel free to add some if I miss any. Levi. Oh, Jesus. He's the best mark in the game. He's the most versatile big man in the the game, potentially. Extraordinary. Go back three, four years ago, and people were saying that. His hands are the best in the game. He's consistently the best one-grab mark. When he's got his timing on and he gets there... He doesn't drop it. He's just going to get there. And he, when his confidence wanes, his timing is off. When his timing's on, see you later. He's a, he's a tremendous athlete for a big guy. Yeah, and, and that's a, a lot of people have failed to recognise that over the journey. Carlton supporters see it because we see it every week. But opposition supporters, they'll just go, oh, he can't kick. His kids and, come, and, he, and he gets dismissed. His kids come a long way from the kid handcuffed to the boat. Correct. To Juddy. And, and just, just quickly, um, the articles in the newspapers this week yes. were saying that he has a clause in his contract that if he played a certain number of games... He was 30 over two years. ...that he, he triggers it and he gets an additional year. And by all reports and understanding, without having it clarified yet, it sounds like he's triggered the clause and he will be contracted next year. Speaking of triggering a clause, just a shout-out. We had uh, one of our loyal correspondents get in touch uh, and did some digging on the back end and confirmed that uh, Caleb Marchbank is in fact signed for next year. There'd been some misreporting of that from early in the year, throughout the middle of the year, that he was one of the out-of-contract blues. He's actually got one year to go. And is so Matt we're Kennedy... we for a signature that's not required. Is yes. Matt Kennedy in the same... I think Kennedy was in the I, same... I think time. he might be too... Jesus. Jesus. So I'm just blowing my nose, mate. Um, just, next cap off, the, next cap off the rank, uh, another who impressed me, um, provided some really super moments, uh, very heartening, Paddy Dow. Looked unshackled, didn't he? Did that lovely sidestep in yeah, the third. Clean hands for what led to Harry's goal. Yep. Um, yeah, just did some really sharp stuff that you thought. Just, this just needs a bit of time. Yep. He's not. He's a, he's quite raw, but I thought on the weekend was a really positive step. Yep. No, can't disagree. And to get the reward, the goal reward in the last quarter. Big moment. Yeah. Had to kick it yep. and and drilled it. And you could see it was actually quite a um, subdued sort of. Like response when he kicked it, it was almost looked a little bit like, oh fuck, wow, thanks, awesome, kicked it. The one thing I always thought about Paddy Dow is he carried himself with a confidence when he came to Carlton and it, and he could take the game on and it was sort of like, this is what I do. Don't worry, guys, this is what I do. And this season where he's had a series of moments where the skills haven't been up to scratch. Um, you could tell that it weighed on him, and whether that's a social media thing, whether that's just the intensity that he placed upon himself, whether that's the way that the coaches were, you know, um, interacting with him, whatever it happened to be, he looked like a burdened footballer. And and obviously, since Teague's come on board for the wider team, we've been unburdened, unshackled. I think it's taken him longer to get that to that same point. Yeah, and he was earlier in the season. He was obviously playing a more prominent role near the ball. Correct. And then he was removed from that, and obviously just struggled to to get that touch because he just well, he was touching the ball half as often because yep. he wasn't near it. But no, look, very good signs. The other finishes m- his game off at 
Geelong, where he would have played a fair bit of footy, having yes. been a Geelong felt. No, he was a Bendigo Pioneers kid, but playing footy at Geelong College. Yeah, he was Geelong yeah, but he's Geelong College, Geelong Grammar, one or the other. From that area. Yeah. Uh, the other one, for me, one of the best on the ground, if not the best on the ground alongside Levi, was Big Cruz. Took, took a while. Took to... on the young buck, um, and as the game I wore on, him. as the game wore on, like he, could, he just wore Rowan Marshall to the ground. And, and Marshall phenomenal. might have been carrying an injury in fuck fairness, him, but fuck him. He fronts up. He fronts up how and many, steps on the field. How many times has Cruz rocked out there, oh, underdone, not at 100%, and battled his guts out? Yeah, no, held together by Elastoplast. He is genuinely yep. held together by fucking sticky and, tape. And the the smother at the very end of the game. Huge. I mean, the game was done, but it's just, but you know it just spoke volumes, but you, know, didn't it? you know what it moment did? You look at it and go, in hindsight, it's very easy to go, yeah, yeah the game's over. But as, the a, attitude. as a moment, the attitude, but as a moment, it was like, you're Just never the, the get exclamation us. point. Yeah, you're never going to get us. So they go, no, no, that's it. You're done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the level that and, we're playing And you said today. it was a performance of metal. And, yeah. And, and again, that's that's probably the game in a nutshell, isn't it? Totally. Play to the last minute. Another man who continues to impress Fab. You're not going to like me saying this. Jacob Wiedering goes out of the team. Marchbank's not there. Liam Jones isn't there. Your man, Lockie Plowman. Oh, look. <laughs> Squeak up. <laughs> Just in the mic, Fab. Yeah, Tim, Tim, what do, you, what do you want me to say? I want you to give the guy credit. No, he's... He's, he's had a fantastic second half a year. of the year. A second half of the year, yeah. He's I'm, had a solid year in general, but yeah. when we've been down on manpower, he has stood up to the plate. He's played undersized. He, he doesn't have the ability to hide. He has to play. And when oh, he plays, guess what? He can. He can, yeah. I agree totally. I've got uh, another one too. He's, he's enjoying a new role. Samo, I thought Samo was sharp again yep. on the weekend. We've, we've found a slightly different role than the one we maybe thought he would be playing, um, particularly when the year started. But Do you have any starts there next year? Um, look, it's depends one of those, if we've got all the cattle back. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. I think it depends on what Doherty's doing, what Williamson's doing, You know, what if they bring in Ellis or if they bring in Jack Martin, whatever. I think it depends on what comes in the door, what's available. But look, he's, if, if everyone's back to what they are like at, their, at their peak... Doc was as good as Doc was across half back, all Australian half back. Doc on the wing. Was, oh, I want to see Fish and O'Brien on the wing. Yeah, I know, but I looked it up again today. Fisher's only had something like sixteen bounces for the year. We yeah. need him having more bounces than that, and that's not a knock on him because he he's to watch tapes. He's clearly been told to play a particular way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we can't talk about last week's game without giving a very, very special shout out to the retiring Dale Thomas. Absolutely brilliant. He did the balks a couple of times. That mark he took in the last quarter was absolutely enormous. He just enormous. put his body on the line. Um, look, he, if, if anyone, you know, look, he, was, he was obviously high on emotion, high on adrenaline and playing to prove a point, but um, he proved a hell of a point. He's not done. If someone wants him, he's got footy in the tank. Um, but if he ends up going out like this, he's going out on a massive high. All power to him, absolutely. And look, he, he was a really important contributor, not just across the season. Tim mentioned that we're, we're really playing him out of position. And that's something that frustrates me about the conversation with Daisy. If he was to stay on, we don't have to play him at half back. No, you can play him half forward. So for him to have sacrificed his own natural game over the last two and a bit years... And that's what good footballers can do. Spot on, and to have you know not looked out of place and contributed. He's had a, a sensational finish to his time at Carlton following a really tricky start. Can we rookie him? We should think about it. Depending some, on Some chance, yeah. de- Depending on how just, the trade just, works out. Just rookie him. I mean, the only thing during the week that the I could... The worst thing that can happen, Tim, is the Northern Blues have got a very, 
very good footballer. Well, and my only thought during the week was the incident earlier in the year where he poured the beer on oh, Robbie Warnock. Who cares? And all this. Like, I'm just wondering, not so much was there more to it, but did that incident mean that a lot of the power brokers at the club said, we will not be recontracting you? And and is it is it more related to that? Because Depends how I, pious they are. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I've always thought the influence that he's had on our young players and galvanising the group and, and, and being part of what gets the group up, and, and we lost so much of that when Eddie Betts left, like off-field, the impact that he has within that group, I think is so important. And then even in games, you know, he kicked the goal against the Western Bulldogs and turned to the crowd and got everybody up and going. The goal that he kicked against Frio that that, that gave us the genuine belief that we're still in this contest. There's things like that. And you just sit there and going, I think if, if it wasn't more, for him, more, who provides yeah. that? And, and, and more I, than 40. as you say, That's if fuck. he ends up being a mature age rookie that we're able to bring in, you pay him what you need to pay him, but you're not breaking the bank, you keep him involved, you keep his legacy going... I think we're a better team. Is there no longer a veterans list? No. I don't no, think so. No. There hasn't been for a while. But look, in, in excellent look, at least if this is the end of his time, which, you know, although it looks like it absolutely is, uh, names on the locker, which is great recognition um, for his time with the club. Uh, we're going to move on to now to a little feature where we're going to pick some topics from the, the year in Carlton football and, and pick our, our sort of standout moments and men uh, from those topics. Lead us off, Fabian, with your star man. Well, my star man of 2019 for 2019 hasn't played as many games as others that will, I'm sure, will be mentioned by you two fellas. But I'm going with Liam Jones. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. I in the like games it. that he has played, he's a fullback. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> in the games that he has played, he's probably all Australian fullback. I'm, I said he this. just hasn't played. He hasn't had the body of work, given the concussion and the and the karate yes, chop to the, the throat. Man, yeah. <laughs> the alleged. Karate job. Mm. He may have done it on the fence for a winner. So. His, I agree. For his best games for us this year. He had a couple of rough games, but his best games for us this year have been some of the best fullback performances of the year. Yeah, and, and the reality is, whoever is the all the, the all Australian fullback, they'll have had two or three games that weren't stellar. Totally. So if you compare that, it relies on every other game that he would have played. He would have been as good as he'd been, and and. And it's a dangerous assumption, Tim. This is true. But the probability says that he may have had two or three more. But look, at the end of the day, he's our boy. He's going to Love come him. back. He's well, going to be my better. star man. He's your star man. Who's your man. star man, Timbo? Look, I wrote two. They're obvious. They'll probably finish first and second in our best and fairest. If I have to adopt one, I'll say Patrick Cripps. Yeah. And and obviously, we've, we've said it before, the way that he came out in AFLX and, and presented himself, he, he really announced to the world, to the football world, I think I'm the best player in the comp. And he played. He played with a genuine. I liked it when those guys were trying to take him down on the goal line. <laughs> <laughs> he ra- was ragdolling him and all that sort of stuff. Um, but look, he's he's actually had a season where he's had to do too much work and shoulder too much and didn't get enough support. But then when the rest of the side came good, he wasn't didn't need to be mm-hmm. as dominant as he has been in other games. He's had his uh, colours lowered a couple of times. Um, to taggers, I think physically he hasn't been right for a lot of the season, and obviously you know he came out of his hospital bed with a, a an ear infection that in any other season he probably wouldn't have fronted up, but he said no, no, this is this is too important, and we've got unfinished business, and like we, we, we like want it. to make a statement. And and his ability as captain on every facet of the game is to me is just exceptional. Well, the proof will be in the pudding. He may actually be the All Australian captain. 
we'll wait and see on that. Uh, to me, it's it, it's a no-brainer, isn't it? Oh, no. My star man is a left-field one. I've done this before, and I'm proud to say I've done it again. To the Carlton Rushmore, I presented you Frank Worrell. Is that his name? Jack Worrell. Frank Worrell's the, Frank Worrell's um, the, cricketer. the West Indies yeah. cricketer. Jack Worrell. That would have been an outstanding left-field appointment to the Carlton Rushmore, Frank Worrell. Jack Worrell, our first coach, the first coach in VFL, AFL history, and I've done it again. Carlton's star man in 2019. It's only one man. It's Kane Little. Kane Little. has been like our star man. I like field. I like it. He is... What he has done, commercially the club has never been in a better position. Record membership, and that will grow next year. Sponsors locked away. Hasn't put a foot wrong. Hasn't put a foot wrong. Made the call on the coach and the difficult call on the coach. You approached him yet. You said you had. You said no, you would. I haven't. I haven't. Made, made the call on the coach when it needed to be made. Made the correct call. Um, has then led the this I think he would have been a massive driving force behind resisting the temptation to go after Ross or to go after, you know, to, to stick with Teague. Um, so is that why you called it the star man as opposed to the best player? Yeah. <laughs> I like oh, it. Oh, no, no, like that's, not, that's, that's not no, true. No. I thought about it afterwards and I thought this is a guy who in a really tricky year for us um, and, and when, the, when the club was on the rack, he, he has led from the front and, as Fab said, hasn't put a foot wrong and has made... Look, I think your involvement in this forum is so unique being a former employer, employee true. of the club. It's very true. You, you undertake a, a wider view than what Fabian <laughs> and I will be being the supporter in the grandstand. And I think it's important to be able to recognise those sorts of things because too often we think the club is the 22 kids that run out in the yeah. field, and it's so not. Yep. Hey, look, he's had a fantastic year and, as, and as I said, has put us on in a position um, to be really competitive on the field and to be really aggressive off the field. And, and if we can make some moves um, come this November, he'll be a huge part of that. The work that he and, and his team have done will be massive. Um, Favourite moment of the year, Fabian? My favourite moment of the year, it's not the Murphy goal per se, but it's the build-up to the Murphy goal. Mm-hmm. It's the, the take out of the middle. It's the... Is it Ed? It's... I can't remember who delivered it inside 50. could be Ed. Yeah. It's Casbol refusing to be tackled and giving the biggest fuck off to everybody that was around him. Fisher's tap. Yep. And then Murph's... The whole thing, that was... Moment of the year for me. Phenomenal. My moment, of the, I, I couldn't split them. I, I just got to say, mine was the same. Oh, I had Le, Levi Casbolt versus Fremantle was was my moment of <laughs> the Levi year. Levi Casbolt versus the Fremantle defence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite, I couldn't split them in the end. I loved last week, uh, I got a bit of a lump in the throat when Daisy said see you to the crowd. Um, it was near us, so near that sort of half-forward flank area near the benches. And it was a really organic moment where he came over <laughs> and the crowd... Just acknowledged him. And good supporters do that Yeah, too, and it was they? just really, I think, not that he was taken aback, but I think he was really appreciative of, oh, wow, you know, that's if it's goodbye, you know, thanks. Yeah. And from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sally Field moment. It was a little bit. You like me. Yeah. You really. <laughs> who would have thought we'd be here after fans were threatening to burn memberships when he signed? Um, Given that Fabian had mentioned Levi Casbolt, the only other one that I did write down was um, I really did enjoy Mitch McGovern's hanger over Jake Carlisle. And given that it was Jake Carlisle and it was the He's same made. spot on the ground and the fact that Mitch McGovern had come back from the work that he needed to mm. do. And we said from the very beginning of the year, this bike's going to take mark of the year one day. And you so made me remember, I loved Mitch McGovern's tackle on Zach Butters. Yes. Against Port Adelaide. Yep. When Zach's tried to sell him the candy and Mitch has just run over him like a truck. <laughs> that was round two. That was round two. That yeah. was brilliant. But the other one that I couldn't split... Um, 
and this was almost my goal a year. Fabian and I spoke about it earlier uh, when Walsh gold on the siren against the Bulldogs. Yep, to bring up points, the ton. Hundred points. Yep. We'd won our first game for the year. I was moving the car at my uncle's Easter. Easter Sunday, I was at my auntie and uncle's, and I had to move the car. And then I turned on the. Oh, like, get, you start the up. car. You and teared then, up. No, no, no. That's, no that that's, that, don't, don't ruin it. Oh. It's coming later. <laughs> and I turned the car, and like the crowd was going nuts. And I'm thinking, why are they going? It hadn't hit me that yeah. it was the, the whole. Everyone point. got the significance of it. They yeah. thought not only have we won, pressure's off. We've kicked the hundred, so you can I stop celebrated talking about the, it. The kids are jet. Yeah, <laughs> I celebrated that in the Pratt stand against Essendon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's true. In preseason, uh, favorite goal of the year for me, it's pretty simple. Murph against Murph, Frio. Frio. No, I'd, I'd. I've got some. I'll give you my runners ups. Uh, yeah, well, okay. oh, who's your winner first? Do you want to see if I've got it in my honourable yeah, mentions? I'll let, I'll let you go. I Mur- mean, yeah. Murph against Frio is just the sheer emotion of the moment. I haven't moment. necessarily got it in order, but that was two okay. on my list. My honourable mentions in no order uh, David Cunningham against Hawthorne. Bang. Oh, hang on. Hawthorne. The left from the boundary. Pocket. Yeah, okay. Like. Keep uh, going. Sorry, you got another David coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harry on the weekend against the Saints. Fantastic. Yep. Setterfield against Adelaide to seal it. Seal oh it. yes, it was a yes. ripper goal. Yep. There was da- a hug. The hug. Massive. Came with that. Yeah. Daisy on the half volley gathers against the Bulldogs. Runs to fifty. Puts it through. Number four. Phenomenal goal. Levi on the right running away from goal against oh, Adelaide. Oh yes, I don't have that one. That's a great goal. Outstanding goal. Uh, Nick Newman round one. Similar on the left, left sort of half forward pocket, gathers yes, yes. pretty hard on the boundary. Harry Mackay kicks a good set shot in that game as well. Yes. And then I would it would have been Harry's run against the Bulldogs. Oh yes. Yeah. That's the best point of the year. Yeah, correct. What have you got? Who's your Cunningham one? Oh look, my the, the fifth one that I had um Was this and, number one? Yeah, yeah. No, but the fifth one that I had was and I couldn't really split Matt Kennedy kicked a goal around the corner from a, a free kick against Frio. Right hand yes. side of screen. Yep, yes. Yep, yep. Um, but in the last quarter, he takes a mark and he goes back from about 45, 50 and kicks a really long, confident goal. And you'd never seen, I hadn't seen that sort of confidence from Matt Kennedy. What's your Cunningham one? That's a good goal. Western Bulldogs, when we're coming home like a train, there's the ball that's the kicked snap inside in the 50. No, it drops and he oh, charges yes. through the yes. middle and the hands. It puts one. us um, a goal down. And it was as crisp yep. and as clean. And you, and we've all said, we love this kid. Got to get your body right. And you looked at that and you go on, that is top shelf yeah. football. Front and, and square. Me, that was our goal of the year. No, Another, no, I like it. An honourable mention, which you didn't. And a lot, a lot came from that Fremantle game, but that sauce. The well, sauce set shot. When Nathan Fife pushed, oh, yeah, pushed the mark five yeah. metres out yeah. and then he lined up about All of a sudden he's on the boundary. He's on the boundary when he should be he 10 metres in. Actually, Simo kicks a good one. I was going to say Simo kicks a good one. We're going to get runaway. Oh. Talking about goals, we'll go, we'll go through every goal we kicked and rate it. <laughs> um, our fa- favourite win of the year, mine. Um, Tolson turned on it a little bit, but just in terms of the importance of the result, the importance of turning up and performing, it's Adelaide. Yep. Number the, two for me. There'd been a big build-up. number two for There'd me. There'd been a lot of talked about it. And it was a uh, there was a bit riding on it just in terms of pride and a developing rivalry between the yep. two teams, and we turned up and pants them. And, yep. and again, the round twenty three last year oh. and the turnaround re- that resulted yep. from that absolutely pants them. That was a ripper. That's number two for me, Timo. Who, who have you got at one? My number one was Freo. Um, yeah, that's and a bit and, different. You were there, and, and the caveat was I was there with a group of mates, and it was just orange blankets. <laughs> they were in front of us. <laughs> we went under the orange blanket, but yeah, it was. It was just a great payoff on a weekend. It was no Paddy Cripps. Mm. It was Charlie Kuno going down the first quarter. It was finding ourselves three goals down, 
midway through the last quarter, probably even with like ten minutes to go, winning it, then losing it, yeah, then winning it again, and 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 look, and I I just written, you know, the way that we fought it out, the atmosphere, the contributions from Jack Silvani who was coming back from being um, dropped the previous week after the Brisbane game, he played quite well. Second half they ran him with Fife, yep. he pushed him, he got his own centre clearances, he kicked the goal in the last quarter. Kennedy kicked his two big goals during the game. Setterfield really stood up and was probably the best game that he'd played to date at that stage. And then obviously the three big late goals from the veterans, Simo, Daisy and Murphy. You know, they just right place, right time. Standing. And it was, yeah. it, it, was, it was a great game. Beautiful. Who you got it. for us, Fab? Brisbane. That was yeah. my number three. Yep. It was... It's the game I broke down in. <laughs> Listening to the song with my boys and, you know, just to see them... Up and about, listening to the song, and then as I've told you, boy, and I've said it on pod, so I go in the car. So I have to be by myself because I just I break down. How, what's Brisbane? And you form? don't realise how much they haven't lost. This, this, this That's thing, exactly right. This thing affects you. Yeah. Well, you we said so it you on have pod. moments like that, and then to rock up Monday morning at work and give it to Pete. Well, of course, that's an element Pete. that we forget. Shout yeah. out to Pete. Yeah, and we spoke about it in the aftermath that it was a bit of a, a brief respite and a brief reward for you know Carlton fans like us and those who listen who ride the bumps and mm. invest emotionally you know quite a lot in following the team and have not had a lot of rewards. Not the right effort. Not the right word. Sorry, rewards. Not the right word. But just had a bit of bit of a, a moment to savour and enjoy, and that was absolutely it. After, and after I teared up, I did start tooting the horn like Italy had won the World Cup. So it was. <laughs> But look, after Neighbors a really, really tricky week, it was a, a big moment. Uh, most improved player of the year. I'm going to go, I've mentioned it to Fab, Mr. Plough. Okay. Mr. Plough's had a super year. And for what I said before, pretty much, I mean, inconsistency of selection in the back six. He's had to be there. He's been a mainstay. He's he's batted, um, or fought, I should say, well out of his weight division on several occasions. He's been fantastic. And for me, from a tricky testing year last year to this year, he's been super. I... Look, we, we talked about the fact that we thought that he was missing in games and he was hiding. So Fabian accused him of cowardice. Yeah, but and look, we, we kept on saying last year we thought that he had osteitis pubis because he couldn't run or whatever. I think look, that's we, just his gait. Well, maybe, maybe. But we, we, look, he he's such a different footballer to what he was doing last year. It's It, it, barely, it, it doesn't compare. So yep. uh, kudos for that one. I, I wrote a few names. Um and I just keep looking Give us at one, them. Tim. No, no. And I just keep looking, and I think, nah. The standout, the guy that has taken the biggest step forward in his career this season is Harry Mackay. Ooh. You know, to take to I be. Who you going to go, Jack? He was number one on the list. Yeah. Um, but I, I just the more that I think about it, and from what he'd done, where he'd come from, and what he's galvanised across a full season, um, the way that he presents, the marks that he's taken, both contested and on the lead. The only flaw in his game at the moment is his set shot kicking. He's obviously the, the goal on the weekend yeah. was just you know the dot on the eye and the cross on the T for for showing the football world exactly how much talent that he's got, and he's just a work in progress. And looks, he, he's yeah. just going to keep getting better. We've said it. It just looks groin. Yeah. It looks yep. like it's going to come out that he's going into work with surgery. Seth. Yeah, work totally. Or somebody who wants to teach him. Ben Dixon, who you got for us, uh, Lockie O'Brien. Yeah, he was probably yeah. too. Um, from you a written guy, a line and through no, him. No, no. You put a, a line guy, through him, Fab. It was in HB. All right, so got, <laughs> it was a HB line. So he has proven me 100. I'm happy r- to r- say r- wrong. wrong. <laughs> happy to say it. Um, I I just didn't see the glimpses that I needed to see 
for him as a footballer. He's shown me not You're just glimpses. Glimpse he, he has shown me more than glimpses. Totally. He has, in periods, he hasn't had a breakout game, but he's had periods where he's got confidence. Influence. And when he's confident, he's got his, a bit of pluck his too. weapon, his mm. kicking is amazing. He's yeah. got no right to go like front up to people like he has been, but it's great that he does. He's first on the scene, stands up for his teammates, clearly taken directive. Robert Walls, I think, spoke to it after Murphy was Murphy, felled by yep. Mumford. And as a young guy, he's really taken that on board. And no, I agree. I like it. Yeah. I think he's, he's had a strong And year. a small, you know, and Levi. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. look, it goes without saying. Well, my honourable mentions, and I won't go into detail, Jack Silvani, Jacob Wiedering, mm-hmm. Will Setterfield, Michael Gibbons, SPS. Love it. No, no, agreed. All counts. Next category. Most disappointing of the Ooh. year. I'm going to lead off with a bomb. Adam bomb for you knobheads. Here we go. Charlie Kerner. Ooh. I get it, though. Caveat. I get it. Just down to injury. Yeah. So, yeah. look, he, he he obviously had a rough uh, round two. It looks like he does his knee. Looks he like, almost did his knee three times. Looks yeah. like he carries it, carries it, carries it. He's played shockingly out of position. Has a purple patch when Tiggy takes over and kicks 10 in two. Looks fantastic. And then, unfortunately, the season's cut short. So, I've got a lot of sympathy for him um, because he wasn't allowed physically to do what we had hoped that he would this year. Um you know, at the start of the season, he shaped as a key man, and unfortunately for reasons of injury, he just wasn't quite able to do it. We need him to be a 50-goal forward next Absolutely. year. It's Absolutely. his fifth season in the system. I said this to Fab earlier. We, we spoke about it off-pod. Um, I relayed a, a story that Alex Ferguson, um, on the eve of, I think it was the 2006-07 English Premier League season, had challenged, not demanded, not put undue pressure, but it had a, a friendly wager and a friendly bet with Cristiano Ronaldo that we want you to score 12 goals. If you score 12 goals, you've had a really good year, your development's on track, blah, 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 blah. You've got the talent to do it. I would love for us to do something similar with Charlie and go, we don't want you to be selfish. We don't want you to lose sight of the team game, but we want two and a half goals a game from you. He's such a good kick of the footy that if we're up and going, everything works, he stays sound. How he doesn't kick fifty mm. is actually beyond me. Totally, he's, was he's he your, too capable. Was he your one or two? He was my number two. Who's your one? Sam Doherty's preseason ACL. Jesus, Timbo, the guy's done his knee. No, no, I'm just like for the context of the season. What was our biggest disappointment? I didn't quite know how to come at this. The very first thing that I wrote down was Jared Pickett. Yeah, purely I so. because yeah, yeah. the role that we're missing is speed, skill, forward pressure. And he sat there and gone, he was pick four, he's got it in spades, and he just doesn't want to work. And the reality is the time that he probably retired, like resigned, retired, whatever you want to call it, was probably right before we had our purple patch. He will have sat back for the last nine and ten weeks and sat there and gone, fuck, probably should have worked a little bit harder. I could be part of this. I could be a really important part of this. And so I get where you're coming from because what we'd seen from him, look, he looked the duck's nuts. But but not only was it – like there's a lot of kids that show promise – but what he shows and what our biggest need is, you're going, you're it. You, yeah. you are just so it. A couple of other things that I wrote, um, Tom Williamson's back. Got a lot of... I went for a guy that at least played some footy. Yeah, no, no, I'll get you. <laughs> I, I just wrote, in general, our second yeah. half versus Hawthorne oh, and what oh. we'd shown in the first half, oh. the quality of the football and... Trying to figure that. that. Trying to yeah, figure no, that. Yeah, no, no. And the other one that I wrote, and obviously there was a little bit of an injury focus, Tom DeConning going down in the first mm. game against Richmond in the VFL for where he was at and what he promised. And the way that he finished his season off in the VFL, he was a guy that was ready to make an impact this season. He's just been denied the opportunity. Exactly the same way as as Charlie Curnow. Fabian? Dave Cunningham. Yep. 
I get it. A little bit of his own doing and a little bit not of his own doing. But um, the signs in pre-season were that this guy was just going to burst out. We've said this. I think we said this. he did on occasion. I think we said this in pre-season though, Fab. There's not enough games from him, Tim. You know what? I think we said this though. Continuity. That he's a guy that strikes me. Someone just needs to get it in his head. You're good enough. Yep, have yep. enough confidence. You are good enough yep. to play AFL football. You're confident to go along with that shit announcement video. That's true. When someone put that to you, how about we just do nothing for 28 minutes and then you come in and sign? You're confident, confident to jerk you're, us you're, off for 28 minutes. confident to do that, mate. Bring that confidence onto the pitch. Well, he gets a chance this week, doesn't he? He does. He does. Always the other one chance. that I wrote in that vein was Zach Fisher. And not that yeah. I'm disappointed in him. It's just for where he was at, for where his trajectory, traje- trajectory was at. Um, t- 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 today, <laughs> Junior. <laughs> yeah. um, What's that? Is that I, Billy I, Madison? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I just wanted more. And he's capable of more. So. He's only had 16 bounces. We well, need the, more than that. Um, most excited for, for me, most excited about in 2020, Charlie Kuno. Yeah, makes sense. Like you sit there and go, as I said, fifth year. For all the reasons you listed him as most disappointing. We, we Spot on. We've got the, see what I've done there? A little bit of an inverse there. Flip that on itself. Um, we've got a structure now built to score goals and we've got the weapons to deliver, you know, opportunity. Um, and, and he'll be fresh. He'll be raring to go. And we just got to get him through the preseason, make sure his body's right um, and, and just get ready for him to unleash, I reckon. But he's who I'm most excited to see in 2020. Fabian? Liam Stocker. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Liam Stocker. We got some glimpses, and I like what I saw. You just like anything running around with number 13. You love Justin Davies. <laughs> Luke Blackwell. No. Mill Hanna. Did all love Mill. Um, so, yeah, no, just Liam Stocker. Love it. Liam Stocker. Timbo? Big, need a big preseason. Uh, yeah, big preseasons. Probably the two would be Will Setterfield, Harry Mackay. I, I think yeah. they're the two guys that are really ready to launch and, and take fur, make further gains. Um, I think you can make a case, case too with, with Mackay and my, my one with Kurnow with just that forward three. Oh. We didn't really get to see them. I would have loved to have seen more exposed form under Teague yeah. with that three. Like Mackay's had a great season, phenomenally ahead of where he was at, but he did a lot of it without the support yeah. of Charlie Kurnow yep. and Mitch McGovern. And you're going, once he gets it, that'll help him. But the other two individually and what they're capable of with you know the talent You know what excites me about it is they've all got the ability to – be dangerous one-on-one. Yep. So what we need to do is exploit that Sprint. and to make sure defences have to go one-on-one. They yep. can't and they're go not clumped together. Spot on. Um, we're going to move on now. There's, I think, a good chat about the Blues. We're going to move on now to a bit of AFL Fab. You've got the teams ready to rock and roll for us. My job. I'm going to talk through uh, what's happening there. Now, unfortunately, Fabian has locked away the tipping. He has an unassailable 10-point lead. You and I, Tim, were dog shit last week. So what's, yeah. what, what's the leaderboard? Uh, Fab on 124, Sean on 114, Tim on 110. Um, so this weekend, I'm going to go for an aggressive strategy. Um, we discussed beforehand that if you tip and are correct that there is a draw, you get how many points was it? Nine. Nine. So I'm going to, no particular order, I'm going to tip five draws and a couple of proper outright results okay. that go against Fabian. Okay. So First who- game, Collingwood versus Essendon. In Darcy Mall, out steel side bottom with a ruptured testicle. Essendon in LJ Hooker, Josh Begley, Tom Jock, Jaden Laverty, Tom Belchambers, and Dylan Clark. Yep. Out. Dyson Heppel injured. Zach Clark injured. David Zarakis injured. Jake Stringer injured. 
What, what up, say, your Fantasia injured? Why don't they just say rested? Brandon Zerk Thatcher. Because they're all being rested. Pick a name. Omitted. Um, I've just got a note here. I've written down some, some little notes. A little bit of talk come out of Collingwood that uh, Brody Grundy has put contract hold, contract talks on hold. Um, he's contracted, I think, till next year. Yeah, he is. Um, if I'm Adelaide, I'm giving him our pick and a crouch. I'm going to him now and saying, even maybe the second round pick, and just going. They the need f- a- the number five crouch won't cut it. Oh it's no, it, give him, but give him five. Go, Matt. Matt is Matt, five. Matt's a shit kicker. But go, Brad. Just, he got caned in the media this week with his lack of defensive oh, run. Good. But go Brad, our pick, which looks like it'll be three, perhaps four with the knockback, because they're not going to get anything better than that if, he, if they lose him next year, if they trade him next year. That's right. So Because he'll be a free agent next year. It's a tricky situation. Mm. The Pies are two first-round picks. You're not going to get... Not going to get a low one like that. The first round pick to be as low as three or four. No. And the last couple of years, they've traded heavily to be able to bring Dane Beams in, and they really don't have a lot in the cupboard as far as future picks as a result Has of Mason it. Cox ever been played in the ruck? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think sporadically. Ruckman, yeah. Can you do it? No. He can barely play fucking football in general. He's not going to be able to play at specialist <laughs> no, ruck. Um, and then what I want to say just with Essendon is this talk about Ross is really interesting and I'll be interested to see, we'll get to that in the fray, but what dominoes that creates because we're going to talk about it with Ross. When you decide someone's no longer your man, you got to let him go. Yep. And I reckon Essendon are fucking close. Well, and the fact that Worsfold is living in Melbourne with his family in Perth, you know, is just not an easy situation. Hey, so once, with, you, with, once you decide he's done, yep. he's done. With a vacancy in Fremantle, if you still want, you've got ambitions of still being a coach, mm. to me, there's an obvious opportunity there. Johnny Dub going back to coach Frio. No. Be huge. What happened? Uh, I'm going for Collingwood here. I am going for Collingwood. Collingwood. In that case. I'm going for Essendon because I'm going to tip whoever Fab doesn't. Sydney Swans versus St Kilda in Jared McVeigh and Lance Franklin out. James Bell and Ryan Clark both omitted. Buddy's 300th game and Elias Squared playing game 50. Mm-hmm. In for the Saners. In. Sam Rowe. Oh, Woo! Yeah. Can, can, I, can I put it? Stop you out. there for ben a sec. Patton, omitted. Sam Rowe playing his 100th game. Can I put it to you that... Buddy is only playing because Sam Rowe is. No, and I'm not being funny. I'm not being facetious. The Saints announced pretty early in the week, Sammy, you're playing, uh, which was good to see. Bud's got a he's got a pretty good record against Sammy, and I think he can play at about fifty percent. This is the worst decision ever to play Buddy. To play Buddy, park it, get him right. Round one next year, the fixture comes out. Sydney have got a home game. Friday, and I might even kick off the season, Hawthorne versus Sydney. It's there. It's written. It's Hawthorne As they versus say, mate, Sydney. swingers. What did, what did Vince Vaughan swingers? It's money. Well, did money. we say McVeigh was in? Yep. Jared McVeigh. Jared McVeigh's back. So Plays his last game farewell with game. Buddy. Yep. Who are you guys got? Look, I'm, oh, because it's Sydney, in Sydney rather, and because they'll get up for Franklin's 300th, um, Spit it out, Tim. It's got to be Sydney. Look at him, the blood. You got Fab. I got the Swans. I got the Saners. Then go Saners. What do we reckon about rats? Do we? I reckon, I reckon we dodged a bullet on rats. I'm just saying. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it. It's still, it still reeks of he's got it. His plan A is good. He's got no plan B. He doesn't have a plan. B. Last week his plan B was take Carlisle out of defence, make it easier for them to score, so we can defensively tag Casbolt. 
he's I just sit there and go, I watched him and I thought I've seen this too too many times. Fortunately he was coaching against us. Yeah. But there was something about it where I sat there and thought, like it was with us, it works against poor teams because poor teams make mistakes. Poor teams turn it over. We used to clean up bottom eight teams under rats. Really struggled against the cream of the crop because yep. his system is too reliant on slingshot, counter-attack, unforced error footy. They also didn't get a big influence from Jack Stephen in his second game back, which was probably always going to happen with his lack of... Because he's as fit as I am, too. I was going to say, his lack of fitness. Looks fat. Yeah, look he is fat. Uh, yeah. And move on. Who we got? North Melbourne. North Melbourne versus Melbourne. Mason Wood in. Jed Anderson out injured. Jaden Hunt, Braden Pruce in for the Ds. And Kyle Dunkley omitted and Cade Chandler injured. Gone north. This could be... This could be the most irrelevant game of the year. Two irrelevant clubs. I'm going to go for Melbourne because Fab's going for North. I, ben Brown will outscore Melbourne on his own. And take home the, the Norm Smith. The not North Cole Smith. Man. The John Nichols. <laughs> the Copeland Traffic. Whatever it is. Coleman. Coleman Medal. Johnny Cole. Cats versus the Blues. Saturday afternoon evening, 4.35. Looking down. forward to Fab going down. GM, HBA. Making the trip down. Sean Peter Budge Stadium. Love it. Um, in for the Cats. Gary Rowan and Reese Stanley. Out Tom Atkins injured and Jake Collajasny injured. In for the Blues. Jacob Wittering and Dave Cunningham. Good ins. Out Michael Gibbons, which is unfortunate because he would have played every game this season. Yep. And, well, disappointing. Darcy Lang's out. Is that goodbye for Darcy? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm going to having... In, in fairness, he's getting his ankle... Surgery on his ankle, and I think Andrew Russell on the in-house video. Well, Russell's not going to announce he's delisted on the injury report. No, 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 he's not. But obviously, the fact that they're putting him in for surgery, you sort of say maybe there's a glimmer. No, but uh, they can't just let him leave. If we're going to, yeah, if we're going to have to let people go, there's all the recovery done before October 31st. He can't just leave the sport with a bum ankle. Um, I haven't backed us. It's killed me to back us or not back us. I should say several times this year. I'm going to tip the Blues. The last game of the season, I'm backing us in. Fitty. Backing us in. Blue baggers. Cats. Fucking turn. Tell you what, if it's close at three-quarter time, you know what the message is going to be, though, don't you? No. They don't want a hard game. Oh, They're yeah. resting up for finals. This is your whole season. Throw everything at them and make it hard for them. Terry oh, Wallace style. you got hit, six hit months him, to get over six it. six months to get over it. <laughs> See you back at the social club. Over at the AWST. As I You're an idiot. Over at Optus Stadium. West Coast Eagles versus Hawthorne in Chris Maston and Liam Duggan out Josh Rotham omitted and Mark Hutchings injured. Milestones are Dom Sheed playing game 100. And once again, we thank Dom um, Sheed. In for the Hawks, Jack Scrimshaw and Daniel Howe out Jared Ruffhead managed. <laughs> Fucking idiotic. And what did they just say? Retired. Tim, how do we pronounce this? Cheng, Cheng, what? Chengquath. Chengquath Giath. That. Him. Isaac CJ. Smith playing game 200. Um, I'm not sure what the Eagles would have taken out out of the weekend, whether they'd be disappointed, because they probably should be, because they wilted in the wet. They played three quarters of dog shit football. They wilted in the wet. They were Their unbelievable. one quarter was fucking awesome. Yep. <laughs> they were frightening. Yeah, they were. Um, in the first quarter. Cool. Credit to the Tigers, obviously, for turning it around. But yeah, it, it's hard to know whether they'd walk away from that disheartened. Or yeah, uh, who, who, I, I think it's good. I think it gives you the Philip, and at the same time, it gives you fire in the for improvement. Yeah, Here West Coast for me. Yeah, Hawks for me. West Coast. The Gold Coast Suns versus the GWS Giants at Metricon Stadium. There'll be six and a half thousand people there. Aaron Young in for the Suns. Out George Hall and Smith omitted. 
Tuke Miller playing game 100 and Aaron Young playing game 100. I reckon you're counting feet there, mate. What? Not heads. What's his game? In, Sam Taylor, Daniel Lloyd, Jeremy Cameron, Shane Mumford, Isaac Cumming and Jeremy Finlayson. Out, Dawson Simpson, Nick Haynes, Zach Sproul. Sproul? Sproul. Jake Stein, Jai Caldwell and Toby Green. Jeremy Cameron playing game 150. Giants are cooked, unfortunately, for them. Um, and maybe Leon's cooked as well. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is where I make my move and I win it. I'm gonna tip a draw. Giants, Giants. The Western Bulldogs versus the Adelaide Crows at Mars Stadium. Yep. Great car parking facilities over at Mars Stadium. You had nothing to do with it then. No, we. That was our our, our project. Bullshit. Yeah. Pete looked in the area. Guys, I saw the disabled car parking design for. Like it was a... Uh, Can't, do they, will people have to go through that roundabout to get there? No, there's like a social club there as part of the old thing and they redid the car park. No. Yeah. I parked in it the other day. Did you? Why yeah. were you at Mars Stadium? Because my older sister is now living in Wendoree because she works in Wendoree. Working for council? No, she's working for the Depart- Department she of Transport. She does too, for the, Transport, yeah. which is now called the Department of Transport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or Department of Planning Shout or something. Shout out to Ange. Shout out to Ange. But, uh, yeah, she had her birthday, and we met at the social club at the North Ballarat Oval, a.k.a. Mars Stadium. Fish and chips? No, they had uh, the beef brisket. Yeah, okay. Very good. Excellent. Very good. Um, look, for me here, I just want to make some quick notes. I said this on the text to Timbo during the week. You were in there as well, Fab. You didn't acknowledge it. The Bulldogs will win this because they are everything the Crows are not, at the moment at least. Everything the Crows are not. Ruthless, you know, uncompromising, unified. Fast. They are everything Adelaide are not, and they will annihilate them because of it. It's tipped to be nine degrees. It's going to be nine. You know, <laughs> maximum of nine. One point I want to make about the Crows as well. You know, you sit there and stop me. I just had deja vu. I might have already said this, so stop me if I have on the pod. But the Crows are just in all sorts. Oh, Don Pike might so. not even travel back with the team. No, they're, they're, just in, they're just in all sorts. You sit there and go, our fans left the MCG on whatever day the game was, Saturday. Saturday. Buzzing. Buoyant. Looking forward to it, thinking, where are we going to go? Jesus, is I'm optimistic. We've, not just because we've had a win, played all right, played well, won the game, but left the ground thinking, I'm, I'm liking where we're going. Adelaide fans, how would they have left the Adelaide Oval? Disconsolate. They would have left it going, I don't know where we are. I don't know when this turns. I don't know how we get better. They are in all sorts as a football club, and I cannot wait for the Bulldogs to annihilate them and tear them a new asshole, Who do you think's winning, Fab? Dogs. Easily. All I want out of this whole season now they can drop, is a dog's the way I've, win. The permutations that I've gone through, they can drop as low as 12th. Yep. Yeah, they finish 12th and we finish 15th. We could 16th, finish 15th, but probably 16th. 16th. Big win. Four spots. I'm tipping win. a draw. Need tipping those, a draw. Need those points. The only chance that the Crows have got given that Matt and Brad Crouch are Ballarat boys, is they may handle the nine-degree weather better. Well, two of their players may grow Jeez, a smile. No, I'm just... It's, that, it's, that, it's might, the, that might be the dumbest thing you've ever seen on podcast. <laughs> well, they might have all their mates turn up from St. Pat's. Oh, and oh, they, the they, turn, they turn it on and play Richmond a great game. versus the Brisbane Lions. I'm even, desperate for the dogs to win. That's what I want out of the We're not even game. acknowledging that, Tim. Good. Well, so I do not need to be worried that the Bulldogs... And not going to get a win? Nah. Good. Thank you. Richmond, That's all I want. Game of the round. Richmond versus the Brisbane Orion. I'm on the dogs, by the, the way. The Brisbane Orion. The Brisbane Orion. Woof. In Trent Cotchen, Camden McIntosh, Noah Bolter, and Jake 
art. That just sound like a like a like an Irish like a like a man from Massachusetts. How do you say it? Arts. It's double A arts. Yeah, arts. 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 It's got a double A. Arts. No. Like Ardvark. It's a silent A. Jake Arts. All right. In Josh Walker, Cedric Cox, Rui Taylor, Rui Taylor, Reese Matheson, Gerald Berry, and Brandon Stasevich, son of Craig. Yes. Out. Alan Christensen injured. Where is is Jared Oberi in the team? Jared Oberi was he has he been playing? Yes, so he had his fiftieth the other day. Oh, good on him. Still be in there. Um, look, I think that uh, the Brisbane Ryan win this one. Richmond, oh, I Richmond, sh- I MCG. Assume you'll be tipping uh, Richmond, mate. I can win this. Port Adelaide versus the Fremantle. Where, where are your draws? <laughs> yeah, I've tipped draws. You've only had a couple. Yeah, I've tipped Port draws. Adelaide versus the Fremantle Dockers. Dersma, Lysette, Mays, Frampton, Sutcliffe, Drew. And Mackenzie out. Cleary, Laddams, and Butters, but omitted Zach Butters. In for the Fremantle Dockers, Banfield, Bluey, Bewley, Bewley, Bluey, <laughs> Golia, Jones, Nias, Nyhouse, whatever you want to say, and Carter. Have you had a out. stroke between this, this game and the Hayden last one? Hayden Ballantyne and Aaron Sanderlands are both rested, yeah, retired. Oh God, yes, yes, retired. Ethan Hughes, <laughs> they're re- being rested. Never heard of him. They're being rested forever. Um, I think that uh, tumultuous week, of course, at Cockburn, um, we had it up Frio. I don't know where they go from this, to be honest. The caretaker need, coach need, always wins. Poor to win. We just need the caretaker win. coach always wins. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't Power. know the, the doc. Like seriously, too much on the line. Power. You think you go? Peter Bell's come in. He'll be the CEO. And if you believe the rumours that old mate uh, Kenny Hinckley has yeah. to make the eight to keep his job. Oh, he hasn't said that explicitly. Apparently, it's in his contract. No, I think it's for next year. I think it's he. Yeah, if he misses three in a row, I think it is. He's in trouble. I mean, he might be in trouble regardless. Tim's giving us a smirk. I'm going like for Knows something. No, um, no, 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 I don't. It was just a comment made at the draft today. My NFL fantasy draft. Oh, oh! Would you like to share that? No, comments? there'd be too much inside information. Oh, okay, interesting. No, no, no. It's there was no information. It was just a friendly banter comment made mm. in Adam's direction. Oh, give us more information surreptitiously so we can put it all together. Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know what I loved about uh, Ross ultimately left, got sacked. He did a Mick Malthouse. I loved it. He totally did a Mick Malthouse. He was begging them. He was daring them. Yeah. Go sack me or back me, one or the other. All right. <laughs> but it was like because he goes, if you sack me, you pay me out. Doesn't bother me. Going and if you back me, I keep my job. So yeah. whatever. And in the end, he stared him down. Ring a ding ding. Uh, Peter Bell's giving him the flick. Well, they're a pretty cashed up organisation, so paying him out is not that much of an issue. Soft cap, Tim. Soft cap. Mm. Um, I say. Was that it? Uh, are you going that port? Is yeah, I'm picking port. By the way, port. Oh, I'm, I'm going to the uh, Dockers. We're gonna gonna move on now. Gonna move on. What do you want to call it? So we're moving on now to uh, Fabian's EPL preview. <laughs> Is that the official name? That's the official name. We've just settled. Creative. We've just settled on it. Then now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna identify key matchups every round. Fabian's going to. You're leading the segment. This is your baby. It's my baby. And we're gonna do a bit of a pseudo tips competition, mm-hmm. right? Where draws wins. So we're only gonna tip on these five games. That Fabian has picked? Correct. Excellent. And, um, and they're the games we'll focus on. They're generally going to be the Sox top six sides, but obviously when they play each other, there might be odd games here and there that we'll focus on. That's at your discretion. 
I like it. So obviously game week number three. Um, so the first of the five games, Liverpool host Arsenal Huge in the top game. of the table clash. It's the first hard game that uh, you're big on this at the moment. That Liverpool have had. And I think people are jerking themselves off about Liverpool when they've faced nobody yet. Okay. I still think they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the Premier League. But let them play someone first. It's a huge... Look, it's a big test for Arsenal. They've been good in the first couple of weeks and done what they needed to. Bamiang's saved them. He has. But I think that they're... Shout out to Alex Billen. I think they're starting now to get their full complement back of sorts. You know, they won't be at full strength at the moment. Um, But the shapes as a a really... Potentially... A banana skin for Liverpool. Yep. Like, I think that Liverpool will probably be too strong. Mm-hmm. It's games like, like this where Liverpool, for the neutrals, mm. this is the games like this is where Liverpool and City need to drop points. Yep. The others, the others in the top six, seven need to start taking points off the other two. I'd be interested if and Arsenal. Doing it early. I'd be interested if Arsenal actually um, fight fire with fire a little bit. It's away from home. You'd expect them to sit back, but I'd love to see them be a bit more cavalier. I don't think they will be, mm. but I'd love to see them back in, whether it be Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang, you know, Mkhitaryan's obviously out there at the moment, but just sort of sit there and go, we're going to try to score. Well, yeah. and, and I reckon they will. Liverpool will win, but I reckon Arsenal scores. All right, tips. Liverpool, I think they'll win 3-1. Liverpool, 3-0. Yeah, I, I was thinking 2-1, 3-1. Liverpool. Okay, so all what have you gone for? 3-1? I'll say 2-1 okay. in, in deference to you. Yep. So we might be... Do you get a do you get a bonus point if you get the score right? Nah, it's irrelevant. It's, it's just irrelevant. part of the discussion. Okay. Second game of the round, Tottenham versus Newcastle at... Is my man out Tottenham there? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. Are they going to name this stadium? Why isn't it called White Hart? I, I was having this conversation with Mike Parak just today. Shout out to Mike Parak, big Spurs Tin man. Tinas Parak, I like to call him. Why is that? Because every time he plays a triple captain... His captain scores like three goals, two assists. I don't know. That. You know, no. just, no, I don't a, play fantasy. He's I don't know the that. biggest tin ass in fantasy of all time. Shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike. He's a tin um, ass. Having this chat with him, and he was over there recently. Unfortunately, didn't get to see a game because his schedule um, didn't marry up with with a uh, Spurs home game. But he went to the Tough stadium. Spur. He caught a flight with Hugo Lloris. He did. He, he had a photo with Hugo Lloris on the plane. Yeah. Um, Went to the stadium, did the tour and whatever. And I asked him this question today. I said, why isn't it called White Hart Lane? Why? This doesn't make I, re- any I reckon sense. they're looking for someone to sponsor it. But that's just tactless and classless. Uh, Tottenham were extraordinary last week. I don't know how they escaped the Etihad with a stadium, point. not a belt sander. That's very true, man. They've got an official waterbed supplier. Um, I, I just, I, They would be as confused as anyone as how they left Manchester with a point. With a point, yeah. And, but credit to them. Credit to them. They weathered the storm. They survived the VAR late in the game. They scored with what felt like their only two chances of the day. Yep. Um, uncharacteristic mistake from City for the first, um, which was tucked away by Lamella expertly. But we had wanted to talk about City ahead of time. They were frightening. And I suppose what you can take out of that is, you know, tip the cap to Spurs for, for surviving. Yep. And coming away with a point when, by all rights, they had no right to a point. Correct. So they're playing a Newcastle United side that is awful. They are. Steve Bruce has got a heck of a job to try and keep his side up. Is my man Son Maximan out there? Um, let, big, let's hope uh, so. Mohawk or whatever. Seriously, watch this guy. If he plays, he's he's just he's brilliant to watch because, like I said, he doesn't know what he's going to do. No one knows what he's going to do. Usually, it's crap. 
But it's a man. It's a lucky deal. <laughs> but sometimes it's you see they go, that's inspired. Scores, tips. Five nil, Jesus. Tottenham. I wow. Think, um, I think Tottenham will win. Uh, I think they will win three nil. Two nil. Harry Kane with a brace. Third game, Man United versus Crystal they're still, Palace. They're still finding their feet at the stadium a little bit too. It's sort of yeah, intimidating, but, it's, but they're still figuring it out Newcastle. themselves. Man United versus Crystal Palace at Old Trafford. And I don't know what you thought, Fab. I, I didn't mind us on... First half, we were very good. We, had, we allowed them to have a 15-minute period yeah. where they put us under pressure. But even then, like they hit the post and then scored a phenomenal goal in the end. They hit the post from the... They, hit, they scored from the play that was right after the post. Yeah. Like, hating the commentary, and I know I, I get a bit sensitive because you know I, I support United, but I hate the commentary. Oh, they hit the post. You know that you know United could have been behind. No, because if they score the header from uh, Jimenez, mm. they don't get the the Neves goal because it goes back to the center. Yeah. We get the ball. The whole thing's good goal. But even the then header I, was the header was would have been better. The even I said to brutal. Fab though the goal. You sit there and go, it just evades. Whose boot is it? Juan Bissaka? Sure. through Juan Bissaka, Shaw, just near Shaw's Shaw, back Shaw's, Was it Shaw's boot doesn't quite get to it? It literally rides like a wave, Shaw's back or Juan Bissaka's back. And then it just evades De Gea's fingertips and in off the underside of the bar. And you're yep. going, ah, oh. Look, phenomenal goal. But in the end, the disappointing aspect and the fallout from this game for me is, look, Paul Pogba misses a penalty. He won't be the first player to miss a penalty this year. Disappointing given the circumstances. Maybe it wins the game. Maybe they equalise. We don't know. But all this talk about, well, Rashford might have missed. Yeah. You know, Pogba, I sit there and go, look, he's missed the pen. In isolation, you look at the result and go, it's cost us a 2-1 win. Well, maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. At the end of the day, the performance was all right. I think the performance sums up what United are going to be this year, which is pretty good in patches, controlled in patches, but just... We're just real light on. Ultimately, ultimately getting a fall short. So I've got United winning this 3-0. Evident of be really unimpressive so far. Palace. And I, sorry, Palace. Um, old Wilfred Zaha has dropped his lip. and We've seen this firsthand when he played at United. No, he didn't get an opportunity at United. Oh, mate. I reckon he got more than his, his nah, opportunity. I disagree with that. So they're yet to register a win. They, got a, they picked up a draw against Everton at home on opening day. But apart from that... Not much. Be, I'll be interested to see um, what the Palace fans or what the reception that Basaka one Basaka gets yeah. from the, the travelling away tra- fans. It's an old, old Trafford, so. But you sit there and go, look, you've sold him. He'll, he'll, the Boo Boys will be. Yeah, because you sold him for fifty million quid. You got, you got you got your money out of him. As a United fan, I could not be more wrapped mm. with what he's producing at the moment. He's looking good. He's been excellent and been exactly what we haven't had for quite some time. Uh, I got us United winning two nil. Two nil. Three nil. Game number four, Man but, City. Sorry, just one that really, but important game though. Definitely an important game for United who have started well. Need, but, need three points. But need three points. Need three points. Consolidation. Yep. Man City versus Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Uh, Pete's cherries. Um, he does. He, he won't admit it, but he's got a soft spot for the cherries. Why? The cherries and the and the wolf, the wolves, as you call them. Why? <laughs> why I don't the, know. Why, why the cherries? So why are they call the cherries? No. Why does Pete like the cherries? Sound good. I think I think it's fantasy based. Okay. I think he's gone with a three pronged cherries attack <laughs> with uh, Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson, and King, and Josh King. Josh King. Yeah. So uh, hasn't uh, pardon the pun. You know, broken the cherry. 
it hasn't bared fruit Pop yet. Pop the cherry. So uh, I don't think it's going to get any better this week. City at home. Like I said, City were frightening yeah. against a this, really good Spurs team. This could be upwards of four plus. I've gone City 5 nil. Yeah, 4 nil minimum. So, oh yeah, four, I'll put four on. Timbo? Uh, let's go and even Lance Whitnell 8. Jesus. Jesus. 8 nil. This is like when which who was the wrestler? Was it Hulk Hogan or someone tipped tipped someone to win thirty nil or something? And everyone going what? <laughs> he obviously doesn't know the score. Do you even know what the what the game is? <laughs> it's not a tennis game. <laughs> it's got to be thirty nil, brother. <laughs> and the what, last was, game was it when Australia played the Solomon Islands? Was it thirty one nil? I think <laughs> yeah, exactly. The last game of our preview. Round. Yes, this is the um, blast of Fabs. Fabs five over at Caro Road. Fabs five. Fabs five. Fabs right. EBL, but it may not be five every week. Maybe yeah, it has no, to no, be. No, we'll be five every Maybe week. Maybe it has five to be. I, see, I explained this at the start, Dimbo. Are you going to wear long shorts? I'm not going to wear long shorts. Yeah, for the Fabs five, as opposed to the Fab five. I don't get oh, it. Oh, black socks. Come on, black socks. Come on, work with me. The here. Michigan Wolverines. I like it. Um, over at Carrow Road, Norwich versus Chelsea. I fear for Chelsea. I think they could get done in the pookie. I don't. I don't necessarily think that they'll. I'm going to get nothing for that. Timbo's paying it. I don't even get it. Pookie, Pookie. Right. He's scored four goals in two games. Oh, Was I he get you. Sorry, finish, I get isn't he? He's I get you. Yeah. Oh, I follow you. So he's got a hat trick last Just week. Just never heard a butthole referred to as a pookie before. Oh, you know, pooper. Um, look, we spoke about it a little bit earlier with lamps. Very good lamps. Have you heard that story? Where Jose walked in on when he got to Chelsea. Apparently, he walked into the. Uh, I don't know if it was at the, the the training ground or after a match, but apparently he walked into the showers and lamps is like lathering himself up, having a shower. And he, like, Jose wasn't perving or anything, but he, like, walked in. He goes, You could be best player in the world. And Lamps was, like, you know, soaking his ass. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know, now's the time, Jose. But then he, you know, proceeded to build a team around Lamps and whatever. Because it, it was a very good Lamps. Yes. Tips? Um, I'm tipping a draw. I'm tipping a one all draw. Uh, Chelsea to win 1 0. I'm going with the draw as well. Score draw. I think okay. Pookie might get another one. Um, yeah, like, look, like we said earlier, just with, with Chelsea, I sit there and go, if I'm Norwich, having watched Chelsea's first couple of games, the Super Cup, obviously the Premier League and their pre-seasons, especially at home for Norwich, just stick with them early, stay with them early. They're going to come out like a house on fire. If they don't score early, they just run out of gas. Mm. We've seen it a couple of times now. They just, they're so gettable. And like us, depth-wise, they're thin, but at least we have top-tier quality. Yep. They just seem they just lack so much star power at the moment. That's so sorry. what do you, what's your score draw? What's what do you reckon? It's, it's going to be a score draw, but we'll go. With, I'll go with one all. Okay. Now, Chelsea. He he may not be the best defender, but this is a fantasy tip for a few people who, who play EPL fantasy. Emerson will score goals this season. Yes, because he's had enough bloody shots in the first two weeks. They don't seem interested. Chelsea like fullbacks, like particularly in the you know like he's a, taken off. Right um, off from where Marcus Alonso left. Marcus Alonso. He's the dickhead I can't stand. Yeah. I, I said to Fowler. And EPL fantasy him. players, they're like, oh, Alonso's such a good player. Yeah, because he scores every week. He doesn't defend. He hasn't defended any time. Yeah. yeah. So, He's like latter-day Patrice Ever. He's just lost interest in defending. Just wants to get up and score just playing so, as a win. Um, yeah, Emerson, look out for him. He's, When's Antonio Rudiger coming back? He may he be back this week. I'm not 100% sure. They are getting but reinforcements. They, they are getting you know reinforcements. You know, They've been hit hard by injury, but that transfer ban... They don't hurting. take they don't take 
three points from this game. Oh, and yeah. They're, they're up on the back them. foot. Yeah. They're already making up ground. So that's it. That's fa- the first edition of that's Fab's... That's a Fab Fab 5. Fab. Fab's first edition of Fab's 5. I yeah. like it. What do you got? Do you think, look, you're going to throw a pen at me. I'm ready to go. Oh, I'm ready to go with the quiz. Does this mean it's quiz time? It's, it's quiz, quiz time. time. So we're going to kick off the quiz now. Obviously, we, we know how it works, but we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to... We're just going to... Cause I hate this. I hate this time of the week. You just get nervous. <laughs> It's just the... Oh, it's, yeah, that's what losing... What is it, 9 out of 11? It's because you think that uh, Sean and I wax. It's <laughs> pathetic. Timbo, I've seen you win a singlet, mate. You don't wax. <laughs> I can see the upper part of those shoulders as well. <laughs> um, so we're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to have the buzz in first. Okay. okay. Just to mix it... Just because of the way some of the questions are later, there's a few write-em-downs. So okay. we're going to mix it up and do the first part of the quiz first. Are you ready to go Fabian? Yes. You ready to go, Timbo? Yes. So, buzz in. We get it? Yep. We get it. Question number one. Tonight's third Ashes test... Fabian. Oh, shit. You don't get the whole question. Tonight's third Ashes test. Who's won the toss? No, no, no. It'll be... Where's it played? No. Where was the first game? Was that... First game was at Edgbaston? He doesn't know what the question is, Tim. Yes. Where we just played played at Lords? Did we? Are we playing like we're playing somewhere in the north? Maybe. Heading Headingly. But is that the question? <laughs> the question, Tim, is tonight's third Ashes Test will take place at what venue? The Yorkshire County Cricket Club. No, Fabian's correct. Headingly. The Yorkshire County Cricket Club. Well, Fabian said Headingly. 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 It's like the suburb that it's in. No, what's the grounds it's called, isn't it? Grand. It's the in Yorkshire Leeds. County Cricket Club. It's in Leeds. Look, mate, I'm... West Yorkshire. Tim. Fabian. Tim. I'm, gonna, I'm just fucking shocked that he knows it as you are. I'm going to be... I'm going to level with you. How many do you know, though, seriously? How many grounds? Yeah. Henningley? Yeah. Trent Bridge? Yeah. Lords? Yeah. The Oval? Old Trafford? Oh, see, so actually had a few... To, that's, I, I thought it was a more narrow pluck than that, but he's done all right. Bell Reeve? I know that's in Hobart. Lock Lamond. <laughs> My favourite is uh, Chesterley Street. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Chesterley Street. Yeah. Um, question Eden then... Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a, you were so gun shy last week, you just wrote Eden because you knew that it wasn't Eden true, Gardens, actually. but you couldn't know what it was that instead. Is, is and I wouldn't get West Indies. Whatever. <laughs> Are we ready for question yeah, two? let's go. Which two Sydney Swans Baby. legend? Oh. Shit. He's got a very aggressive tactic this week, Timbo. He's beating you on the Which buzz. Two Sydney Swans legends. He's beating you on the buzz. Jared McVeigh's in. So Jared McVeigh. Jared McVeigh. I don't know what the question is. Who's the other banana Premiership player? Oh, buddy, oh, buddy, 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 buddy. Ki- buddy, buddy. Kieran Jack. <laughs> Which two Sydney Swans legends will hang them up this weekend? Fucking hell, Kieran Jack and Jared McVeigh. So is that one point? Fuck, it's two, sorry. Shit. Oh. It's one for each. Shit. So it's it's three nils. Fuck. And Mate, you have, you've only got through two half questions. Pull it to quest. Tim, come on. Lift. He's aggressive on the buzzer. Ready for question number three? Yes. As a percentage, which Carlton player has the highest average time on ground? Tabin. Tim, Tim just beat I think me. Tim just got him, yeah. It was a dead heat. Jacob Wiedering. Jacob Wiedering is correct. I think it's uh, 84.3 or something. 
So when he's in the team, he's on the ground plenty. Question number four. We're going to bring back the bidding system, so get your whiteboards out. Okay. I like this one. We got your, you got your ten. Oh yeah, you got your pens there. Uh, question number four: The bidding system. The XFL is back. You know the XFL, Timbo? Vince McMahon's Extreme Football League. I know the Lingerie Football League. Yeah, well, no surprises there. <laughs> uh, the first eight teams in the newly relaunched and revamped XFL have been announced. For one point each, the how, XFL. The XFL for one point each. How many of the teams can you name? What just the te- the where they're from? Um, I'd like it if you had like the the monikers, but if you got the if you got the towns, I, I can I can give you that. Three. You got three? No, but <laughs> how many you got, Fabian? Eight. Eight. What? There's eight teams. <laughs> you got eight, you got you got eight of them. Who have you got? I've got the Defenders. Yeah, they're from... Where are they from? They're from uh, DC. Eden, the Eden Defenders. <laughs> the Renegades. The West Indian Renegades. Yeah, they're from Dallas. The Vipers. Yeah, they're from Tampa Bay. The Defenders. You just said the Defenders. Yeah, you've said the Defenders. The Dragons. The Dragons are there. It's from Seattle. The Guardians. They're from New York. And the Roughnecks. Yeah, that's seven. How many did I say? How many did I have to get? Eight. Oh, the St. Louis Battlehawks. <laughs> the old Battlehawks. The Battlehawks? He's got them. He's got all eight. That's bullshit. <laughs> now you blokes are waxing. Eleven <laughs> 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 to one. I didn't know there was an XFL. You know what the most disappointing thing is? We sat here before the quiz and I was like, you've got to make sure you buzz in real quick. So <laughs> I didn't think you'd get the Jacob Winery once. I'll Jacob. let it go. I'll let it go. <laughs> in the end, yeah, we need it. was all right because we knew the XFL was going to stump you. Yep. I thought I'll let so him. So are we starting again now or what? <laughs> I thought I, I'll let <laughs> him. Or do I keep my one for Jacob Wittering? <laughs> I'll let him have the Jacob. I thought he's going to go someone like Sam Walsh or yep. something and then I'm going to go, ah, probably Jacob Wittering. <laughs> We we came up with the we we came up with the XFL one just purely and simply on the strength of the St Louis Battlehawks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So the quiz proper will start now. You ready, Timbo? I, I still reckon I should keep my Jacob Wiedering point. Then I'll keep the Heavenly one. No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see my? Uh, we were talking about the Caribbean last week, Tim. Did you yes. see the dad jokes? One from yesterday? Uh no. What was it? He goes. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Sean, Sean won't like this. No, but I, I, I don't fucking like these loved jokes. it. I loved it. I, I texted it to the lads. Oh. I texted it. To General Bants. Uh, General Bants. Yeah. Do you like that, Timbo? A slice of uh, apple pie. At what point were you? Were you like? Was it just the XFL? Were you like, this is horseshit? No, no. Well, I, or you worried? We all do our homework, but I thought once he turned around and goes, "Oh, the St. Louis Battlehawks," I thought <laughs> this smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Or, yeah, you were correct. Yeah. <laughs> One point to ten. Uh, by the way, at Headingley at the Yorkshire County Cricket Club, yep. um, England has won the toss and elected to field. Yeah, I thought they would. But the uh, the covers have gone back on, but they are coming off. So there's been we, no play? As we No play yet. Okay. Not a who's, ball. Um, ball who's, who's in our 11? Uh, so Pattinson's coming in for Siddle. Yep. 
Labashain has maintained for his Smith. replacement of Smith and Marcus Harris has come in for Cameron Bancroft. It's, Warner's lucky. Look, he is. He is, but Jesus, at his right. best, he's elite. Well, we'll know a little bit more when we wake up tomorrow. Quick, the quick gag before the quiz. Yeah. You, know, you know, can we make a segment? I'm happy to have a segment of Fab's dad joke of the week. Well, here it Do is. It. A slice of apple pie is £2.50 in Jamaica, £2.75 in Aruba, and £3 in the Bahamas. Those are the pie rates of the Caribbean. I like it. Pie rates? Pie rates? I get it. Yeah. You're an idiot. I actually read it, and I thought, what the fuck does that mean? And then I've gone, ah, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Old Captain Jack Sparrow. So, uh, Nil all. Nil all. Nil all. Round one is on the whiteboards. Yes. So we're going back to the standard format. On your whiteboards, you'll both get these questions. Question number one in this week's quiz. Is that segment going to make it to pod? Yes. (laughs) Question number one. Ross Lyon departed the Dockers this week, having been the club's longest serving and most successful coach. Who was the club's inaugural coach back in 1995? Led the Dockers uh, out of the gates, this man. I think he was there for a couple of years. Fabian, not, not know, Fabian, not I, I, so good when the answers aren't in I know front of him. What, I know, I know what he looks like. He's got the, like the, a, the, the pre-prepared answers. He's, he's got. No, hold on, he's got. It's like Nisham or something like that. I it's, don't know what it is. Put your answer down. It's Jimmy Nisham, isn't it? From New Zealand. So Timbo has locked in his answer. Timbo is correct. Fabian has locked in his answer. They have both gone for Jared Neesham. They are both correct. Who was the Richmond coach? Why am I, I was not confident putting that down. Who was the Richmond coach? The, Jeff Geeshan. Jeff Geeshan. Or as Billy Brownless once called him on the footy show, Jeff Gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> Unleash the Geesh. Yeah. Question number two. Following two rounds of the EPL season, only two teams remain unbeaten. For one point each... Which two teams are two from two? Fabian is locked in. Undefeated. Undefeated. So only two teams. Oh, sorry, we, um, haven't lo- haven't have won both games. I should say. Sorry. You get stuck in that AFL thing where draws are so uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. So both. So, te- oddly enough, I thought that Arsenal had won both games, but. So you've gone for Liverpool and Man City. One is correct. Liverpool are two from two. Yeah. Fabian went for Liverpool and Arsenal, and he's correct on both counts. Bang. What happened to Man City? They drew uh, with Tottenham. Drew with Tottenham. They did too. There you go. So I was going to write Liverpool and Arsenal, and all of a sudden I thought, hang on, what about City? So three, second guess three, two. And, three, and I'm an Arsenal supporter, so how good am I going? Question Fair number weather. three. Fair question number supporter. three. Despite my loathing of the series' current star, the unveiling of a new James Bond film's title is quite a quaint throwback to the way cinema used to be. It happened this week. The new James Bond film has a title. What is it? Comes out in April of 2020. It's one of those nice things with the title of a James Bond film or a Star Wars film. These older sort of films get released and it's this really cool sort of... It's an event. Not many films have that these days. But Goldfinger. Like that. Timbo has gone for The Crow Flies at Night. That is incorrect. <laughs> what? It's a stab in the dark. Fabian has gone for No Time to Die. Fabian is correct. No Time to Die. No Time to Die is the I title. Pref- I prefer mine. Bennett. What, what is it called? The Crow Flies at Night. Uh, it was on. It was on. I like that. Black Adder. Yeah. It was the password to get in somewhere. It was the Baldrick. Crow Flies at Night. <laughs> exactly. Baldrick. 
Question number four, Fabian leads, so four, four. leads four to two. Yeah. Question number four, Harry Mackay's left-footed snap sealed the points on Saturday afternoon, but just minutes before this blue put us in front. So who kicked the goal to put us back in front? I think Tim Membry had, uh, had put the Saints in front from memory. And then this player put us back in front before Harry's goal sealed the deal. Fabian is locked in. He has gone for Josh DeLuca. Tim has gone for Josh DeLuca. Both are correct. Josh DeLuca. Not a, a, not a terribly uh, classical set shot. Technique was not... The drop was horrible. Not terrific. The drop it, was um, horrible. It went straight enough and got us on our way. Question number five. Fabian leads five to three. Question number five. The 2019 FIBA Basketball World Cup kicks off on the 31st of August in this country. So which country is hosting the 2019 FIBA World Cup? Of course, Australia are taking on uh, the Canada. USA at um, Marvel today. Are we playing Canada in our first game? Oh, I've got no idea. Um, Canada. Canada. Timbo is locked in Japan, question mark. So it's actually Japan. Japan? Fabian's gone for China. Uh, it is in China. So that's a profitable um, round one for Fabian. He leads six to three at the close of the first round. Um, but yeah, China will be hosting the uh, the FIBA World, uh, World Cup, which I don't think anyone is attending, at least from a player's point of view. Quick hands now. This is for buzzers. Ready now? <clears throat> Ready to buzz in? Question number one. NBL import LaMelo Ball will play for this, <laughs> Fabian. The Illawarra Hawks. That is correct. The Illawarra Hawks. That uh, was announced. I think he was uh, presented today. With who's the other guy? J.R. Hampton. Yes. Don't who's he playing for? Some, he's, playing, he's not playing for the Hawks. He's playing for someone else. I think he might be playing for Melbourne. LeVar thinks that Lamelo. Um, or is it the Phoenix? He's playing maybe, for the Phoenix. Yeah. LeVar thinks his boy's going number one in the draft. Yeah. That, of course he does. Yeah, okay. Well, we. He's deluded. He's an idiot. He's probably an Essendon supporter. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. Yeah. Name the two Adelaide Crows veterans who announced their assignment. Richard Douglas. Yep. Sam Jacobs. Incorrect. Now, Timbo can unfortunately steal the point here. Andy Otten. Yes. Richard Douglas and Andy Otten. Four, right? Jesus Christ. So do I get both? No. No, you just get the one. So Ah. it's six to four. Hold on. That's no, eight to four. Eight to four. Why is it eight to four? Because I was on seven. Because he was on seven. No, weren't you on oh, no, shouldn't it be seven to four? No, no, eight to he four. was on But you don't get one you don't get one point he for got, getting Richard Douglas. Oh, does he not so no. he gets nothing? The answer was which two players? Ooh. So do I get two points? No, you get one point. Oh, okay. So that that question was only worth one point. So it's seven to four. That's fucking. So it's only when you're having a fake quiz that the two answers are worth. No, it's only when I stipulate. (laughs) Fair enough. So because I got it wrong, then he gets Douglas by default. That's why he got it. I clean up your scraps for one point. Piss off, mate. He probably would have known. I wouldn't have gotten Douglas right for what it's worth. No, that's was announced today or yesterday. Bitter pill to swallow. But if I had said like you said, Eden. It's like half right. Oh, you so. said the Baha- You literally, you said the Caribbean or something. The West I said Indies. West Indies. You said a fictional I don't know area. I don't know that he said what country. He said where Where was he born. That's oh, true. So he was born in the West Indies. I was the West happy Indies to accept- is not a real place. Oh, yes, it is. I was happy to accept the West Indies. But as you sort of said, you could have said Europe. The powerhouse the- football club is all not right, a place. Let it's it go. It was whole, all last week. Okay. All right. Oh, Christ. Question number three on the buzzers again. The annual EJ Witten Legends game. Fabian. AFLX. 
incorrect. You want the whole question, Timbo? Yes, please. The annual EJ Witten Legends game will take place next weekend at this Melbourne venue. I believe, but I'm not sure, it's Amy Park. That was going to be my answer. That is correct, Amy Park. So Fabian, seven. Timbo, five. Who's doing the pre-match entertainment? Uh, Meatloaf, I think. Amy Shart. Jessica Mowboy, I believe. Jimmy Barnes. (laughs) Question number four. Lance Franklin brings up game 300 on the weekend, the sport's most famous number 23 since Lockie Henderson. What number did he wear? Tim. 38. On debut in 2005, he wore number 38 for the Hawks in his first season. What number was Ruffy in his first season? 30-something? He said this last week. He was either in the 30s yeah. as well or he was maybe even early 40s. I reckon some, for some reason... Tom I was still wearing the 23. That's what we said last week as well. Yeah. For some reason, I think he was... Like 35, but I... A freak. The Hawthorne pod is back. (laughs) We we get sucked into talking about Hawthorne a lot. Question number five. F1 returns following the summer break next weekend. Which track will host? Tim. Yeah. The Spa-Francorchamps circuit. That is correct. In Belgium. Spa-Francorchamps. Beautiful circuit. I've answered that six times this year. That's why I put it in. (laughs) Because you keep on... It's it's like... uh, What was the Astrodome? Men, Mercedes it's, Benz. It's getting game. a facelift. I read an article the really? other day. It's getting a facelift. Another one. They're going to renovate it. Didn't they get it? Didn't they get a facelift relatively recently? Yeah, I think it was after, after Katrina. Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so they needed to replace the roof. Suffice to say, it needed one. Um, question, seven all. Yes, it is seven all. Question number six: The All Blacks romped to victory in game. Tim. Yep. Thirty-six nil. That, what was the scores? Thirty-six nil. Did you, did you guys catch any of that? No, no, thank Christ. I was sort of watching, I can't remember what AFL game was on. I was sort of watching sporadically, waiting, I think, for Essendon and Frio maybe, or what was the other game? North and Port. I can't remember. I think I went a bit early. But I was like, watching yeah. sporadically. Australia, Australia had a couple of chances to um, kick penalties early to tie the score 3 all and then take the lead 6-3 and miss both horribly. Yeah. And then just, it was over. It was over at halftime. Gone. What's that? Me telling you to move on. <laughs> Just giving the listeners some context. Question number seven. In the world of football, what does the acronym VA... Fabian. Yep. Video Assistant Referee. Incorrect. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Timbo? What does VAR stand for? Video... Adjudication replay. I'm because that's the most pathetic answer I've ever heard. I'm almost tempted to give Fabian another crack. It's <laughs> well, so I bad. actually thought it was video assisted referee, but um, I'm just going to double check because I, I did check this early. What do you think it is? Out of interest, what's on your answer sheet, Sean? Well, on the answer sheet was, which I looked it up today. Video was virtual, ah. but I've just looked it up here. Fabian may get this point on a uh, technicality. Because when I looked it up today, I thought that, because that's why I looked it up, and I was like, virtual assistant referring. So I don't know where that's come from. Here stand for. Wikipedia calls it video assisted assistant referee, VAR. I do like the EPL VAR logo. It's quite nice. No, Fabian can get the point there. I found my thing, this one thing listed as virtual for some reason. So, yes, I'll correct that. Fabian, you can have the point. Thank you. Eight all. You can have the point. Question number eight. 
Tim should lose a point for that stupid answer. It was go. awful, wasn't it? Well, yeah. if you'd got your question right, the question and he wasn't got the it problem. Answered, the question I wouldn't wasn't have the been problem. required to give an alternative to video question number eight. Referee, Australia will play which country in the 2019 Fed Cup final? So this takes place. I think it's in November. It's out in Perth. Australia will host the Fed Cup final, and they will play this country. What's the Fed Cup? <laughs> You don't know what the Fed Cup is? Is that like the female Davis Cup? Yeah. Does that help you? No. Fabian. Fabian. Spain. Incorrect. Tim. Tim. I don't know why Tim's buzzed in. The question It's a here. Russian state. Is it? Former Soviet. Former Soviet state. Is it? I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, going to give me an answer? There's not much that's coming to me, so I'm going to move geographically slightly and I'm going to say it's <laughs> Slovakia. Incorrect. It's France. Oh, okay. England will play France. That's England. Australia will play France in uh, Perth. Hop- Hop- uh, what was it called? I was going to say fucking Hopman Cup, Fed Cup, whatever. Question number nine. Which team currently sits fifth in the Fabian. AFL... Four marks. <laughs> Fabian buzzing Four total in total free kicks. No, fifth on the AFL ladder, hopefully, is Collingwood. Which team currently sits fifth on the AFL ladder, heading into round 23? The answer is Collingwood. Fabian takes a 9-8 to eight lead. Now, this is my favourite part. This newly revamped quiz format means it's unlikely we're going to have a tie because we're going to the whiteboards. You're going to get... A little while to think about this question. I'll wax while we wait. 22 Carlton players have won multiple John Nichols medals. Oh, Jesus. You will receive one point for every correct answer. So there have been 22 players to win John Nichols, uh, multiple John Nichols medals. You'll get a point for every player you can uh, list. So Fabian holds a slender 9-8 to eight lead. I've got a feeling this will break the tie. Only John Nichols? No, obviously in the f- Robert Reynolds. Yeah, as, as a whole. So the Robert Reynolds Memorial Trophy became the John Nichols medal. Um, so, yeah. I reckon uh, like Robert Reynolds was... Was he even a player? He was like an administrator or something. May have been. Yeah, I'm not 100% on that. I don't want to diminish what may have been a fine playing career. But if he was an administrator, it clearly made an impact. 22 players, obviously relatively sure who will win it this year. Got a few that have won plenty, a couple that have won a couple. Pretty damn terrific list, to be honest, when we go through it in a moment's time. Fabian. I'm, I'm just drawing blanks. Fabian scrolling away. Tim scrolling away as well. Has a deficit to overhaul. Wowee. Fabian played well in both the fake quiz and this quiz. I was awesome in the... In the, you were, I may, the only blemish was when you let him slip in and take the Jacob Wiedering. Because we needed you to build the suspense that he was like 12 nil down after four questions. <laughs> he would have just been like, what is happening? Battlehawks? <laughs> the hell's a battlehawk? 
I think one of the initial teams in the XFL was called the um, the Memphis Maniacs, and the logo was like a deranged man. <laughs> it was it was a bit unsettling. And I think Steve Austin, uh, I think that Triple H told a funny story because you know, obviously it was owned by the WWF at the time. He told a funny story about how Vince McMahon or like whoever it was came in with a whole bunch of XFL licensed gear and just said, "Fucking take it, whatever you want, take it, t-shirts, everything, just wear them. It's free swag." And Triple H said, oh, you'd see like guys are wearing like XFL gear four years after the league folded. Because yeah. some of the stuff became like collector's items. Well, it would. Yeah. Only lasted the one year. You ready to put in your answers, gentlemen? 22 players, how many you got? I'm struggling for 10. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Give you f- 10 more seconds. Quiz, the fate of the quiz hangs on this. Giving the people at home some time to play along as well. You know what I'm a big mark for at the moment? Celebrity name game. I don't mind chucking it on and just not really thinking too much, playing along at home. Not your go, Tim, celebrity name game? No. 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 I mean, you're not, I'm not kidding, you're not missing it much, but I guess it's light entertainment. I was just trying to work out whether one bloke who I know that definitely won one had won two. Should I just put his name? You down? may as well, because if you don't, if you got it wrong, you just don't get the point. That point. All right, answers are in. Let's have them. Who we got, Fabian? Show us your board. Oh, this is a shit board, and half of them are probably wrong. So, what we're going to do, just for a bit, actually, you know, what we're going to do. Give me your boards and a marker, and up for for a suspense's sake, you two just idiots talk amongst yourselves for a moment. I need a marker. Thank you. So Tim's is in. Fabians, you two talk amongst yourself while I tabulate this. Yeah. I've got two, three. What? Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, I, there, there's a couple of eras there that I'm not super strong on. I'm really hoping Harry Soapy Valances won at least two because I put his name in all the fuck time. So <laughs> actually, Turkey Tom Carroll should be in there as well. <laughs> He's one of the other ones that I trot out from time to time. Actually, you know who is in there? There's a bloke named Mick someone or other that was one of our stars in, like, the teens. Mick someone. I want to say his name's like Croft, but it's not Croft. But it's a name like that. No, I... Is mine disgusting? I can't tell. I'm not, not saying it just yet. No, just tell us how many he's got. No, because that's just... Def- okay. It's about the... the you know, Never mind. It's about Never mind. Fabian has the lead. It's about the suspense. Talk amongst yourselves. <clears throat> Yeah, just fucking say something. One of the questions was definitely going to be share stupid dad jokes uh, after after the incident the other week where Sam Rowe had the free not Sam Rowe Sam Reed had the free kick paid didn't have the free kick paid against him when Jack Jake Stein spoiled him. I thought one of the certain questions this week was going to be name the player that Lincoln McCarthy took the mark over in the Geelong game. That's that's a. That's a good question. I actually don't know who it is. It was Jack Henry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. like that one. Number 38. I'm actually, yeah. no, I'm disappointed I didn't think of it. Yeah. Um, just going through a couple of the other notes that I've got in here. Well, actually, yeah, I'd, from our previous discussion, we were talking about Carlton re-signings, and I sort of updated the is little list that we had where... You I know, could Cap- make a million jokes about cash machines. Just can't think of one. ATM. Yeah, that's ATM. Uh, I like it. I like it. But we're just saying March Bank contracted to 2020, allegedly. 
Matt Kennedy contracted to 2020, allegedly. Jack Silvani's re-signed. We know where Dale Thomas stands and Levi Casbolt. So the other guys that were on the list, I think we had Nick Newman, Andrew Phillips, uh, Angus Schumacher, Paddy Kerr, he's Darcy still, Lang, Cade Simpson. Talking to himself. <laughs> well, I have to because you're not doing anything. I'm picking out jokes. My wife gets annoyed if I miss with her red wine. So I've added fruit and lemonade to it, and now she's sangrier than ever. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. That is good. You're looking forward to the NFL? Fabulous? I am. We'll do an NFL preview. Yeah, well, we have to. AFC and pre... You have had a a stroke. (laughs) Jesus Christ. AFC and NFC, we'll do them in alternating weeks, just before the season starts, and we'll... Predict winners of each division. Yep. And then we'll we'll see how we ended up at the end of it. Have you finished? I got smashed. No, I don't know. I'm not confident. I've got a lot of names, but I'm not. They're not guaranteed of having won two best and fairest. Here we go. Timbo so. Timbo did put down a hell of a lot of names. Put down a hell of a lot of names. No doubt about it. It's called the scattergun theory. I couldn't think of any names past 1980. So, is there like a Jim Park or someone like that? Or is there? Stop Mick asking. Cr- it's like Mick Crisp or something like that. Won a couple early or something like that. Might have been an early captain or premiership captain of the club. So, so going into the final round, we were all we were neck and neck. Fabian had a narrow lead, nine to eight. I've laid it out. I've given you all the options. 22, multiple time. John Nichols, best and fairest winners. <laughs> Give me as many as you can. Timbo threw a hell of a lot of shit at the wall. Hoped some of it would stick. <laughs> Fabian went for... He just tried to hit the ones that he could. In the final reckoning, Fabian nailed... Just let me get the board. Fabian nailed Chris Judd, Stephen Kernahan, Craig Bradley, Bruce Dool, Mark Murphy, Brett Ratton, oh, Brett Ratton. Uh, uh, Stephen Silvani... Anthony Kudafides and Paddy Cripps for a tally of one, it's two, Cripple three. One, two already, has he? Yeah, okay, that's bad. For a tally of nine. So Fabian managed nine correct answers. Timbo, Timbo hit, he laid out a hell of a lot of names. <laughs> Timbo hit with Stephen Kernahan, Stephen Silvani, Craig Bradley, John Nichols, Chris Judd, Mark Murphy, John James, Bruce Dool, Jeff Southby, and that's it. Oh, I so see. Yes! one. Yes! <laughs> yes! So they both nailed nine in the final round. So Greg reckoning. Williams only won one. Greg Williams only won the one. Um, multiple time Carlton best and fairest winners in alphabetical order are Craig Bradley, Bob Chitty, Bruce Combin, Patrick Cripps, Mickey Crisp. Told you! Bruce Dool. Oh, surely I could get. I should get that one. <laughs> you didn't write it down, Tim. You wrote down every Bruce other Dool, bloody name. Jim Francis, Ern Henfrey, Jack Howell, John James, Wayne Johnston. I don't know if anyone got Jono. No, I didn't get Jono. Wayne Johnson, uh, Chris Judd, Trevor Keogh, one yep. two. Stephen Kernahan, I think he was two. Anthony Kudafides was two. Justin Madden, oh. one two. Mark Murphy's got two. John Nichols, of course, has five. Uh, Dual, I think, has four. Uh, Brett Ratton. Sergio Silvani. I was going to put him down because I put a ST you next did. to Silvani. So, Sergio yeah. Silvani. That's what I was looking for. That's why it took me a while because I was like going, is there Serge here? Yeah. No, I should have so put him Sergio down. Sergio got yeah. two. Steve got two. And Jeff Southby, as yeah. uh, as uh, Timbo put. So I've got nine well. out of ten. So you've got nine out of ten. And Tim- I've got nine out of... 45. 16. <laughs> um, Timbo just listed every player who have ever played for the club. Is this? Technicality. Who won last week? 
Timber. Oh, shit, yeah. So not back-to-back, but, you know, I'm going to say it. What a heroic performance from Fabian. Not the great... When the when we go to the whiteboards, it's not your strength. You can struggle when we go to the multiple-choice whiteboards. And he's pulled out nine. He's pulled them out from his butt cheeks, let's I'm be honest. I'm disappointed that I didn't have Ratten, Kudafides, and Crips. That's real bad. Well, see, you got, you got, kinda, you got sort of the... Latter day legends or the, yeah. more, the older sort of legends, and then Fabian hit with some of the not not obvious per se, but Fabian got the more recent guys that have doubled up. Yep. Um, so in the end, you kind of split. You got the older guys, he got the newer guys, and nineteen to eighteen, Fabian takes the quiz out, and isn't Thank he happy you. to hear it? People in their cars, tooting the horns, flashing the high beams, lights on for Fab. With cars slowing down in the opposite direction, thinking there's speed cameras. Nope. That's how excited the people will be. You know what? Usually when you win, I am devastated. But you love it. No, I don't love it, but I appreciate it was a hard-fought contest. We had our fun with Timbo at the start. and uh, I can't believe he actually got a question of a contrived quiz. I didn't actually win it 12 to nil. Oh, I just read an article the other day saying that uh, the amount of time that Jacob Wittering had spent on ground was right up there. So I thought, well, in the absence of knowing anything better, the answer to that, my answer to that is always going to be Jacob Wittering. So. But I actually thought it was going to be a trick question and that one player that had played one game had played 100% of the time on ground and mm. like, you know, like an Andrew Phillips or someone like that because he's rucking on his own because he's playing with no cruiser and that no, he was no. there a fair bit. So, no, yeah. bang on the money. Good stuff, great stuff. We'll leave it there for tonight. Thank you very much. So that much. one should actually be worth like two. Which one? Because it was a contrived quiz and I actually win by one. It's a, and, look, and God knows Mick Crisp was in there as well. So I reckon... You lost 12 to one. How were you getting that? Timbo does have well, a claim. it was a real question with a real answer that should have gotten a real point. Timbo does have a claim to... He got the question And you right. knew the answer before it was even asked and I still took the point off you. Yeah. So that should be worth two. It was like quiz show. What was the cause? What was but I'll let you have your win. I'll let you have <laughs> your win. Oh, he'll just, off, he'll just undermine I'll it. take the win. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. For me, Sean Peter, it's just been a pleasure. For Fabian Guadagnolo. Winners are grinners. Quiz winner. Feels weird to say that. Arrivederci ragazzi. For Tim Go Davis. Blues. Defeated quiz champion. Questionable, but Six. always a pleasure. Sean? Excellent. We'll see you at the footy this week. One last time, Blues. Go the Blues. Go the Blues.
Play.